The sky is dark. As is wont to be on Estrad, whether night or day, the sky remains gloomy. The lavender-laden clouds over the spiny mountains of Stensia shield the land. In the bright light of the mornings, the outland valley stirred a tentative life. And in the dismal, stagnant breaths of the mist-ridden awakening, we look upward towards these perilous hills and cliffs. Hanging overhead, dark stone and winding metal form a building, a manor house near a castle hold. A shroud atop the mountains. Inside its tower, the highest point to the low-hanging sky, there is a man. A beautiful man. Features sculpted in shape to perfection. A strong body. Eyes of sparkling gold and jet black. He sighs. One hand set on the iron railing of his balcony. His vision carving, cutting paths to the land below to this sleepy, vacant town. His sigh is one of almost boredom, tinged with windfulness. And in his reverie, a word bubbles up from inside his toned chest. Tatiana. Tatiana. It sounded melancholy, but the truth showed itself as the turning corners of his mouth. Soon. Hi, Internet. It's me, your friend Max. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, him. Uh, I'm here with several other people today from DNU, as you've come to know and expect. Please introduce yourselves. I'm James. Good job. (laughs) I'm Travis. I'm a potato, and I believe in you. I'm Kevin. I'm like James, but better. Hey! At least older. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you gang up on me. (laughs) <laughs> uh, hey, he's older and taller. That's all I agreed to. Max, I I'm, swear there won't the be way. a piece of this recording missing. I swear. I'm Josh, the spooky ghost. So spook. I can I can attest to that. And Susan's here. I said I was here. <laughs> I think you got drowned out in sound. Oh, don't worry I about said, that. Oh, and I'm here after. <laughs> Susan also is me. So, we're all here to play 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons, but I'm also here to tell any listeners here about Magic the Gathering. It's a card game. You've probably heard of it even if you don't know it, but you don't really need to know either. If you do know it, this section is a little bit less for you, but I appreciate you listening, and please enjoy the following game. But for those that don't, Magic takes place in a large multiverse of various fantastical worlds where, would you know it, magic happens, and sometimes gathering. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> this game is set in one of the most popular worlds, or planes as they are known in magic. So without further digression, welcome to Innistrad, a plane draped in death and stubborn life. The humans that call it their home settle the lands, but as the night falls, they are lost lambs among predators. In the light of the moon, fierce creatures run. Werewolves hiding amongst friends and family. Vampires pursuing a meal with wild, hedonistic abandon. And even the very dead rise from their tombs by unrest or call. And beyond them, darker and stranger things lie in the deepest of shadows the valleys and forests have to offer. 
But all is not hopeless. The savior of humanity lives in this world. Flying overhead with an argent radiance, the archangel Avacyn and her flights of loyal angels protect humanity from that which lurks and plots in the black. Under her watch, the church of Avacyn, centered in the great walled city of Thraben, pushes for peace and protection. The soldiers known as Cathars, dressed in the argent silvers and whites of the church, serve the Lunark, the individual chosen by the angels to lead and work to purge evil from the land. Though their challenges are many, trust in the angels is almost omnipresent, the symbols of faith and true belief having strength against the darkness. But the angels can't be everywhere or stop every injustice. And in the distant province of Stensia, the reach of the church is at its weakest, the craggy mountains and forever overcast sky hiding deep secrets and dangers. And so it comes to remarkable people to have the strength to change things, for better or worse. So, with setting now in mind, we begin in the afternoon en route to Stensia's unofficial capital of Volabonk. The approach to Volabonk is a relatively peaceful one, once freed from the danger of the mountain passes. The air is brisk as the trees are turning to fiery reds and yellows, even outside the Ulvenwald. The harvest moon is coming, and everyone is preparing. The plowed earth between the shallow moat around the dale's towering wood and stone walls is being attended by farmers and stray shepherds finishing the day's work. A few unlit bonfires fit for the season are set in preparation for when the work comes long. The path breaks to the moat. A few flagstones set into the water to provide dry passage for those who wish to step across. Without much fanfare, the town is open before you. Small by Gavany standards, but a nigh metropolis by Stensian terms. The stone and wood constructed buildings look almost more forest than village. The cottage hawthorn trees knit into neighborhood groves, slowly growing in height on the approach to the mayor's manor. It's not hard to spot. The only building higher than the two store than higher than two stories. Its trees lay outlined against the wine and red violets of the overcast sky. Even from here, you can smell the roasting meats and baking breads of a feast being prepared in the busy kitchens of a solid manor house. But the true meeting place can be seen from here. Various nobles and well-off working folk assembled inside and scattered about the adjacent chapel, gathered for solemn, for a solemn purpose. A well-dressed gaunt man with nearly white blonde hair approaches you, all of you, those of you who've been by here before, recognize this man as Pavel, Dagenhard's butler. He walks up to the gathered group of travelers that you are right now. Uh, excuse me, are you here for the funeral? Yes. Uh, why? Are we late? Everyone's been gathering already, but if you'd like to enter now, I just need to get names. I do recognize you, Nick something, I believe. I apologize, I did not learn your name too well last time. Ah, Genty, don't worry about it. Just call me Nick. With your name in mind, would you like to introduce why you are someone of import to be here? Out of character. Yeah, uh, just sort of general intro, or do you just want why he's here? Oh, general intro. Alright, uh, I'm playing Nick Argenti, uh, a former Midnight Duelist from Nefalia. Uh, had a bit of a rough go of things a couple of years ago, so he's been scraping by doing mercenary work ever since, uh, including uh, basically doing uh, bodyguard and guide work for uh, for the mayor of this place while he was there on a you know visit. Mm, yes, of course. Please, if you wish to enter now, uh, please do. Um, Mr. Madliner should be over there, and he gestures a bit to the side. There's kind of a separated pew, a bit away from the rest of them. Um, Dagenhard's there, 
a harsh, strong-jawed man, beautiful, deep beard, though less of a beard and more mutton chops that bleed into a mustache and occasionally drift down to his chin. He sits there with a cane, watching the proceedings rather quietly. Not much is happening yet. Uh, Pavel turns over to uh, the rest of you. And we have a visit from an Inquisitor, I see. You do. Could I have your name? Conrad Starkhurts. And with name in mind, who are you? I'm a paladin of the Church of Avison, born in Keswick, raised in Gavany, um, clad in a black trench coat with a wide-brimmed black hat, gray hair, and a well-taken-care-of woodcutter's axe on on one side. Well, please, come in. We're happy to have anyone from the church here if they wish to be. Of course. Miss Prieria was an interesting woman. Strong. Indeed. Indeed. Now come, come, who's next? Grimhild, friend of the deceased. I suppose many were. Please, enter. And who is Grimhild? Um, she is a... Not, not like, super tall. Fairly average height, really. Uh, well, tall for a lady, I suppose. Um... Obviously, well, I mean, she just is like someone from Innistrad, which is to say, she looks like a Bloodborne character. Yeah. <laughs> Sashes and capes. I don't look like a Bloodborne character, let's be real here. There's some excess belts around there. <laughs> a a four-foot-tall cage on your head. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> no. Um, uh, so, yeah, you know, sweet epaulets, a nice tricorn hat, uh... Really light blonde hair, probably close to Pavel's color of hair. Pale, armed, obviously armed. Um, the hunter of of things that go bump in the night. She counter bumps, uh, and murders the shit out of them. That's her job and her passion. I really like that phrase, counter bumps in the night. They bump. She grinds with a whetstone. Uh... Just a little bump and grind. <sighs> <laughs> All right. Well, you're graciously allowed to enter. Seems that there are a lot of people here, working folk and nobles alike. Really, anyone who doesn't have to spend their time currently tending to the fields or their families. Pavel looks over to uh, the two that seem most out of place, I would suppose. Like they're straight out of the forest. <laughs> What are you saying, Max? I'm saying you're weird. Grove is just going to push her forward. She's good with people. Oh, um, uh, I, 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 I'm, um, I'm Illyria, and, and this is Grove. She smiles really bright and waves. He nods. It's really awful for the situation, but, you know, social graces. He looks bemused. Just a slight curl of a smile at the corner of his mouth that is quickly extinguished. Um, Grove. Is that Grove Hecker? Mm-hmm, that's him. Do you have your pup with you? That is a good question. Always. <laughs> He'll look from the guy and then down to the dog and just kind of like, eh. Pavel eyes your hound, to put it delicately. <laughs> with... Not exactly disdain, but more 
a very dry sort of concern. Pavel is clearly a man who has seen more than a share of what life could offer to him. Does he follow orders? Yeah. If he would stay outside, you would be most welcome inside. He'll follow. He'll follow you inside? Uh, he'll... Uh, yeah, outside, outside. Oh, you mean Grove would follow? No, he's talking about the dog. Oh, okay. Low charisma at work, (laughs) (laughs) I would expect you to at least be able to put together a sentence. Hey, be nice. I'm working on it. Another type of low charisma. (laughs) (laughs) You'd you'd think that. (laughs) Misapplied charisma. Misapplied charisma. I I, I have 13. I I can kind of do the charisma thing. I only have one skill in uh, the charisma section, and it's not the one that helps here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, Grove will just kind of shake like, he'll stay. Wonderful. I'm certain Mr. Madliner would love to meet a man of your regard and your companion. And if you would like to introduce yourselves, uh, let's go with Illyria first. Oh, okay. Illyria's probably leaning down and petting the dog right now because he's such a good dog. But um, Illyria is like five foot nothing. She has crazy sort of gingery red hair that always has stuff in it, and you're never quite sure if, like, when there are flowers there, you assume she put them there. But the twigs are a little more confusing. She's a horse mage who usually lives in the Olvenwald in Kessig. She grew up there. Shut up. Not my fault what happened there. (laughs) Um, she's a very positive druid. Because it's a good coping mechanism. What is it but she's generally very that? happy. There are spiders and hydras and all kinds of cool stuff to talk to. Like like, like this cool guy I met named Vorsky. I, I don't know if you can talk to the hydras. Um, there aren't can, hydras. At least, <laughs> yeah, there aren't, because whatever. I also don't know if you can speak to the spiders. I doubt they speak primordial. <laughs> True, but I can at least talk to Vorsty. She probably has a spell made... to talk to spiders. Yeah, she probably... Hey, I have conversed with animals. I can definitely talk to the damn spiders. Yeah. And they are nice. And they don't like your disdain mm. towards them. She said projectingly. <laughs> yeah. But you know, again, at five foot nothing, she, she talks big because she's gotta. That said, she's a very large stick with her. It's easily two feet taller than she is. Speak loud and also carry a big stick. Exactly! Um, Thank you. And Grove, who are you? On the opposite end, we have Grove, who's about 6'5", and looks like he was born in a tree. He's a mountain of a man. Uh, dress, uh, he's a kind of a warden of the Uvenwald, travels from city to city when people need help. Um, dresses like a hobo. Uh, he kind of has a uh, a wolf cloak, a uh, shawl contraption that he wears, a uh, big bow on his back, not not uh, not strung, and got an axe to the side of him. Generally just looks very much like he came out of the bushes. Probably a little bit smells like it, too. And what's who's your companion? 
And his companion is a mutt uh, wolf that he found during one of his jobs. It's named you. Because he's great with names. Me? Shut up. He also listen he also responds to puppy. He responds to attention. That too. That said, Illyria's like dressed in probably green and brown leathers and they they're nicely made. She wasn't born in a tree, but she lives in one now. And for the sake of listeners, uh there's been a few terms that have been dropped, most of things that you might not get have to do with countries or like provinces that are known. When it comes to the Ulvenwald, it's a major feature of one of the provinces, Kessig. It's a massive forest that fills the entire thing, very dark, filled with many big and strange and dangerous things. I think the Black Forest in every single fairy tale is true. Exactly. Except more so. Except more evil, and more towards the Brothers Grimm than the happy fairy tales. By by the way, I'd just like to mention I'm not using a standard D20 for this. I have a Shatter the Rannistrad roll down life counter. Oh, perfect. <laughs> those are those actually aren't technically uh, random or as random as a d20. Yeah. I, was about I, to say, I never buy by enough. that just because of the fact that it's not like it's a weighted thing. They're just clustered the numbers in different locations. If you're not looking well, at what's technically up. the numbers would do have different weights for how much plastic they remove. Uh, if, yes, you want, if you want me to use a different die, I can use a normal ass. I'm really well, no, it doesn't matter with you because you're James. <laughs> so you can roll whatever you want, and it'll just be a twenty. Just leave it sitting on the twenty. The, the natural yeah, twenty. Yeah, I mean, we need to color. start another game of magic and set his life back to twenty. He just rolls right. the die again. In the interest of moving on. <laughs> oh God. Uh. So there's only one member yet to enter. Dressed sizably differently, I believe, than everyone else. Yeah, he's dressed in a medical coat with a rather large backpack on his back, overflowing with tools and uh, a strange-looking doll. Faustus Pent. Thank you, sir. Please enter. Thank you. Are you well, Pent? Conrad. Please introduce yourself. Faustus Pent is about five foot ten, around 160 pounds, lean, blonde, and pale at the moment. He's dressed in a uh, sterile medical coat in the Nephalian fashion. The trade city across the ocean, I believe. Uh, it's on the ocean. Okay, same yeah, continent. Yeah, same yeah, continent. We don't know anything across it. We know there is stuff across, but uh, we don't know anything about it from magic, so I'll probably be making that up long-term. Undefined. Okay. Uh, as it were, you'd if you're from the normal area, you'd probably be from Hovengul. That's the major metro- uh, metropolis of Nefalia. Okay, and he's holding a uh, metal quarterstaff decorated at one end with a small clockwork uh, ornamentation. Fantastic. So yes, you're all invited inside the chapel. It's not enormous. It's bigger than many. Uh, again, Volabank is basically the capital of Stencia insofar as it could have one. Especially since a mayor is I, more of a... I, hmm? I, I will have you know that I am... I ain't no Volabank girl. Volabank girl. <laughs> Alright, I'll be sure to remember that. <laughs> Although I'm probably the actually closest thing to a volleyball yeah. girl in the party, considering I'm from Stencia. Yeah, Faustus will step 
towards Conrad when uh, he gets a chance. Go for it. Everything is kind of quiet proceedings. The current overwatching priest chaplain is just taking care of initial rites before any sort of official ceremony starts. How long has it been, Conrad? What month was that that you last stopped by? Can't recall too well. Worth a note for both you, I guess, also. Sorry to interrupt. But uh, Innistrad tends to keep track of seasons rather than months more by uh, track of the moon positions. There's the harvest moon, the uh, hunter's moon, and the new moon are the main ones they keep track of. Currently entering this year's harvest. I figure it would have been the last harvest time. I felt the same chill in the air that I do now. Two harvests ago by my count. Hmm. It is difficult for me to get to Nephalia. I apologize. That's okay. You owe me nothing. What brings you to Stencia? A funeral. You. A funeral. I'm always ready to attend a funeral for a loyal servant of the church. <laughs> I see. And he'll head into the uh, funeral. Uh, Conrad will pull out his uh, his Abyssinian collar and set it on the front. Can't get it. The front of what? On the front of his jacket. Gotcha. He keeps it under to not let it get tarnished in the rain. Which one? The um, the silvered one. The new one. Yes. Does anyone else have anything before the actual funeral? Is there food? You can smell it coming from the house directly next door, but it's not being served, clearly. Not our food. And uh, Nick is, uh, since he was pointed towards the like the mayor's pew, you know, kind of sit there. Um, if he catches a glimpse of of Faustus Pent, he just kind of looks the other direction. I'm certain you would. He makes he's looks much different than everyone else here. There are very few people from Nefalia here. Pretty much just you two, actually. Is it again? Is it? Disrespectful to not sit? No. It seems there's enough people here. This was a well-known woman. And this is an open situation. Again, basically, for someone like this, it's considered an open invitation for everyone who wants to attend at least this. Sure. And there wouldn't be room for everyone to sit. It's not completely crowded because of just the general not being as populous as cities nowadays, but... Yeah, that yeah. Then Grove will uh, sit in the back, just kind of back against the wall, watching, trying to keep an observation on everything. Valeria's probably leaning back there with him. She's a good translator. I can talk, thank you, just not very well. Just like in real life. <laughs> so yeah, Nick, uh, you get offered a seat directly next to Dagenhard himself. Uh, he makes a motion to stand up when you get there. Takes him a little bit of effort because of uh, using his cane in the process. Uh, if he's got the time, he'll just you know hold a hand out and be like, you know, don't worry about it. Yeah, he'll just sit back down and offer a kind of throaty chuckle. Just <laughs> Nick Argenti, how are you? I'm comfortable, I suppose. Better than many folks out there, I guess. I guess you could say that. Uh, I mean, 
not that I'm not glad to be here, but um, I will admit this was a sort of strange invitation. It's uh, not every day you get an opportunity to throw a feast. There aren't that many important people to die. Ain't that the truth. Ain't that the truth. <laughs> Still, she had a way about her, Mr. Fenner. She was... Oh, did you not meet her? Ah, no, I can't say I have. Hell of a lady. Wandering monk, actually. Apparently used to be some big shot inquisitor back in the day, but had some disagreements with the church, as it were. Well, I, I wouldn't know anything about that. But... <laughs> I'm certain you wouldn't. Still, really had a way of trying to make the world around her better, especially in the way the church might not allow her. But that's speaking a bit beyond my terms. Anyway, it's a proper funeral she deserved. Not that she'd have wanted one, but it's what she'll have anyway. Yeah, he just kind of, you know, takes a seat. I didn't know her, but at least I'm glad I'm in the good seats. <laughs> You're in the nicest seat. It's actually got good padding. I sit in the most newly made chair of unseasoned wood. Hopefully it's still alive, just in case. <laughs> I mean, they probably brought in a couple, to be honest. There's enough people here. Charles takes a seat in the farthest pew with the fewest people. So... As everyone sits down and quiets down, the priest stands more directly tall, stands in the middle of the church. The, well, the equivalent of a stage. I'm not sure the actual term for that. Still. Yeah, I guess that would be it. He stands up there. There is a coffin open at the moment, at least the lid. It is surrounded already in a cage, just in preparation, a way that she had demanded if she ever was to be buried. She's quite old, graying hair. Defenna Prieria was a warrior for a long time. Priest begins his speech. It's nothing fancy. It's relative rights speaking of the blessed sleep, how the angels have served us well and she served the angels well. It's simple. It's fast. As things are wrapping up, there's a moment of a gust. A breeze sweeps through the entire church, blowing calmly but purposely everywhere. There is a fluttering of wings. Loud, but soft. Through one of the upper windows emerges a creature of pale white. Brilliant red hair, unnaturally so, flowing behind as if the wind was always there, pushing it back. It is an angel. She moves quietly. Many of the town people are surprised. It's infrequent that you get angels out in Stencia. And especially one of the flight alabaster. She carries no weapon. She just moves calmly over to Defena, shrouded in her cage, and kneels over her silently and rests her head against the cage. A single hand drapes through and touches the dead woman on the cheek. Then she pulls away after what seems like an immense amount of time encapsulated in a few moments. And then she moves to leave. It's brief. Not many people say anything to this. 
It's a sight they don't often get to see, other than a few gasps let out from those who really did not expect it. If there was ever proof that this was a good woman, that was it. I hope you're not sitting near Grimhild, because there's probably a little bit of a derisive snort. I don't care. <laughs> Who are you sitting near? You can be sitting next to Conrad if you want. Max, were you describing any of the named angels in Magic, or was it just a one-off? It was just an angel. There are many angels. Angel of Flight Alabaster. Y- yeah, I figured... Yeah, that's that's that one of the entire power. flights of angels. So, Conrad, how... How often is it that an angel visits a funeral? Usually when it happens, there's a lot more fanfare. And it's a lot more expected than that was. Never mind. Quite remarkable. Indeed. As the angel takes her leave, the hush over everything begins to lift. The very last of the rites are performed. The coffin is shut, and they move to take her away. There's a graph just outside. It's already been pre-dug. To many, this may be strange that someone of such import may not actually be delivered to a blessed graph back in Thraben. But to those who had any inclination of who she was, knew that she did not necessarily get along with those of authority, they lower her into the ground and cover her. Dagenhard clears his throat loudly. Well, she wouldn't want us to all just stay around and be sad. I have food waiting. Come. See, we do get food. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, wasn't wasn't expecting that. Yeah, oh, just a, a note toward Axe's character, Nick, uh... Faustus, if he recognizes him, doesn't notice, and nor does he notice any shunning or any avoidance. Yeah, Nick, for his part, because um, like he's just here for the feast, basically. Uh, he's just chatting up with the mayor. Uh, it's best in the same sentiment that James's character did, just in a much crasser manner. Be like, wow, yeah, I, I guess she wasn't. I guess she was pretty good. They had the time to show up. I wasn't expecting it in the slightest. They don't tend to bless our towns like that. At least that kind. You see the herons about from time to time. Right. So, uh, everyone is brought directed towards the actual manor house. Not everyone, again, can fit inside, and many of the actual common folk know that they aren't exactly wanted at this segment. So uh, quite a few people leave. But food begins being brought out. Braised lamb, kept in wine, pheasant prepared properly, fresh fresh baked breads, some of the new harvest that is ready ahead of time of the rest. There's quite a few wines available to drink. More than there usually is for a place like this. That's a challenge, but Nick will take it. (laughs) At least least one of each here. Uh, Faustus doesn't touch any of the alcohol, and he doesn't touch any of the meat. He picks up the bread and vegetables. Valeria is not shy about eating meat. Doesn't touch the wine, though. Fermentation is generally not a good thing with food, where she's from. Conrad's drinking. They've got an absolutely fantastic selection. Dagenhard recommends for at least Nick, since he knows him quite well, uh, the Champagne du Lange. 
which is quite something. Not commonly had around here anymore. Champagne? Some yeah, that's champagne. <laughs> oh, God, no. Champagne, no. It's French. Or Canadian. Or it's French Canadian. God. Now, Grove will, Grove will make himself over to the, uh, to the pheasants and start. Uh, he'll use the utensils very awkwardly because this is what you're supposed to do. Here, use utensils, right? stab one on a fork, <laughs> and take it outside. Bark! <laughs> <laughs> He'll probably grab a. Uh, he'll probably like grab a glass of uh, alcohol, just very lightly sip at it too. But yeah, he's definitely gonna go outside because fuck being in a building. Buildings are fine. They're like clean caves. Eh, I don't know if I. Prefer. I like my caves dirty. Clean is unnatural. I like my caves like I like my women. Dirty. <laughs> Dirty and dirt. Dirty and containing a bear. <laughs> oh, for my convenience, could everyone list their passive perception? It's just yeah. what you'd roll for percept like oh, your yeah. modifier perception plus ten. Yep. Fourteen. Fifteen. Is perception a skill or a wisdom saving throw? It is a skill. It's okay. Twelve then. Alright, one second. Uh nine. I perceive it all. Uh, Thirteen. Now that I doofed around with my character, some. Um, and I apologize. I missed Grimheld. Uh, Fourteen. Okay, thank you. So, uh, Grimheld, Illyrian, Conrad. As the party goes on, it's overall a good time, but you hear what sounds to be some sort of raucous celebration. Not from the building you're in. Like, in here, it's as joyful as one can be for someone entering the Blessed Street. But somewhere over the walls of the city, the immensely tall walls that Volabonk is known for, you hear hooping and hollering, just sounds of another party out there. Are they happy sounds, or are they scared sounds? They sound happy. Okay. I'm sure they mean no disrespect. I'm sure it's fine. Grimhold's gonna go check it out, because... Gotta check shit out. It's your job. Yeah, I'll take my dish outside. Yeah, yeah, Leary is, like, probably bouncing after them, going... She's curious now, too. As as Grimhold is is passing by, uh, Nick, she'll just kind of look at him for a second, remember where she met him, and just be like... Oh, you're still alive. Uh, Surprising. You're, you're here. Should I be worried? You're in Stensia. You should always be worried. I'm in more worried than I already am. You're for the funeral, or you're here for work? Primarily the former, potentially the latter. That doesn't make me feel any better. It's a good thing that's not my job, then. Nope, that'd be this job. <laughs> it takes a goblet he's got. Finishes it. Eats it. They have bread bowls and butter goblets. Ew. What is butter a butter goblet? Wine? It's a goblet made of butter. I didn't think through that joke very well. <laughs> I mean, like, there are butter-serving utensils that are goblet-shaped. Kind there of. Also... But you like... That's a whole wine goblet made of butter. <laughs> Please note There's that, There's also Max, jello solo cups. 
Please note the butter goblet when we run into an eccentric crazy man. This is now a thing in this world. <laughs> Let me just write it down. <laughs> well, no, his name is Butter Goblets. <laughs> I talk my Butter Goblet. <laughs> it's the whole Liam Neeson speech, but it's about a Butter Goblet instead of his daughter. <laughs> I will find you. I will kill you. And then I'll and enjoy not be delicious melted. food. <laughs> and then I'll raid your pantry. It's you raided mine. <laughs> So, Grimmel, do you have anything more to say, or did you walk past? No, I actually talked more than I was expected to, and so she'll go off and check out what's going on. I hope you don't mind me overhearing. What sort of work do you do? My job is similar to yours. Uh, uh, perhaps less pretentious. <laughs> wow. <laughs> nice to meet you. Grimhild. Conrad. Illyria! Hi. Hi. Oh, you're Grove's friend, yes? <laughs> How does everyone know this Grove person? <laughs> He's the quiet Very one nice. with the puppy. He gets around. He's surprisingly <laughs> adept. Am I the only one who doesn't know this forest hermit? Conrad. Nope, I don't know him either. Glug, glug, glug. Wonderful. Conrad. I stand by you for now. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> Conrad, you can at least recognize that Illyria is definitely from uh, Kessig. It's really hard not to tell. Yeah. It's hard not to tell with the crazy people. She wears um, her Kessig on her sleeve. Literally, there's bits of the forest on her sleeve. <laughs> okay, in her hair, but yes. And same for... Uh, and Illyria, you can't necessarily tell, but um, for the case of at least uh, Conrad, normal, uh, just a reminder as a convenient good story thing. Uh, it's generally polite between when you're introducing yourself to another person from Kessig to show that you have silver on you, even though you have it. Just kind of present it. She's going to reach inside of her uh, bag, and she's kind of rustling around, and you hear some metal, some what, what sounds like kind of rocks, and she pulls out a dinner fork made of pure silver and just shows it to him. <laughs> He's like, it is. Sick. It is incredibly ornate, actually. This is yeah. a this very is, fancy silver fork. This is uh, a bit of a surprise. Who's what? Aren't you supposed to show silver? Yeah, he he puts a hand on his chest to sort of cover behind the uh, silver pendant on his neck. Whose table did those come off of? I don't. I don't really know. Um. I was given them as a gift for helping this Cathar because he got stuck in the Olven Vault. And then, you see, he he came upon this whole nest of spiders. And then he got all freaked out. And then they freaked out. And short story, I got him out of the Olven Vault and he gave me this. I have a matching spoon and knife, too. He gave you she a cutlery rustles around and, and, can't, and shows them to him. It's probably much bigger than that. This is a proper... Like fancy dinner sets, you've got multiple forks and multiple spoons. Oh, cool! Spoons. So never mind. I've got like twenty forks. And yeah, it's spoons. a it's a big piece set, like at least twelve. You just yeah. open your purse and it's this entire like cutlery set. It's like I found these. These are mine. You you have I didn't a find them. I was given them. You have a case of silver cutlery. Uh-huh. It is also there them. is there is an etching on it of the silver collar of Avison. Yep, Could yep, you yep. only? 
religion or something? Cause I you know, he's okay yeah, I was going to consider asking, but yeah, go for it. Do I know where they came from? Uh, you probably would have had heard it mentioned, like the guy would have mentioned that as part of the value. Would you okay. have cared is the real question. Well, you see, I saved his life from being eaten by spiders. Uh, let's see, knowledge religion? Yes. Pretty sure I have that. I should. Also I do have one as... Um, I got a 15. 22. Did you also make a religion check? I know everything. <laughs> um, well, okay, so, Conrad, you would, after investigating these closely, you can tell that this is definitely some sort of formal dining ware for at least a noble, possibly someone associated with the church, a bishop maybe. They're very nice, very well made. It's probably has some religious connotations. Oh, that is uh, interesting. Faustus, you get definitely that they're religious, but... The work on this is absolutely fantastic. This is the sort of thing that they keep for a king somewhere, or in the fact that they don't have kings here, a lunarch. Pardon me, you said uh, Cathar gave it to you? Uh-huh. Yeah, he was, he was about to get eaten by, like, five spiders bigger than a cart, and I got him out of it. And he said something... About um, someone, I don't remember who, I think it was a Plutarch? Um, they were his, but he was taking them somewhere, but that somewhere didn't exist anymore, I think. And so he gave them to me. Well, you would do well not to show them to people. It's all a the silver I've got. That he lost them. <laughs> a Lunark, huh? Congratulations. You have a holy man's beef eater. That was a really awful word, James. Do not trifle with the sacred cows of the church. <laughs> Did he say beef eater? But do trifle with their trifles. Yes. They're delicious. Those are silver, um, not bees. He's wrong. I mean... Currently, I'm saving up to have them melted into a good silver weapon, because I don't have a whole lot of use for 12 forks. If you sold those to the right buyer, you could buy 100 silver weapons. Eh, they seem more important. I'd rather keep the silver, especially since you mentioned they're from a lunar. Once they're melted down, they're worthless, except as their base price. Although they... they so they be might it. be they might be so priceless as to be worthless right now. You would have difficulty securing a buyer. I mean, I'm not looking to sell them. She's kind of blinking at Faustus because he's just like very like she's a strange person and she recognizes that in society. But he's strange even for people she's met. And she hangs out with a girl. Grove, by the way, has wandered up and is the one whispering, is she talking about a bee? Are you having this conversation in transit, or are you stationary for it? Yeah, we're walking. Are we going somewhere? Well, you you might not be. Most of us are leaving to check out the raucous partying. Oh, okay. Then, yeah, Faustus wanders along. Um, Nick. He's uh, he is currently trifling with the drive. <laughs> As the party's progressed a little bit, um, 
Dagenard is taking your side, offered you some actual brandy rather than just the wine they have here. The good stuff that he saves. But in the amount of time you've spent with him now, you're starting to see upon him, especially in the moments of silence, that something's weighing on him pretty heavily. Different than at least the funeral. He seemed less bothered about that. It's a lead necklace. So I don't know, I think the I think the funeral turned out pretty well, but you don't seem too enthused. Hmm. Oh. It worked out wonderfully, he says as he swirls the glass in his hand. No, it's not that. It's Tell me, what do you know of the bitter hearts? Uh what what should I roll for that? Um that's a good question. Um, I think a general just intelligence roll would be fine. It's it's pretty common knowledge, so feel free to add your proficiency modifier. It's not a particular skill. Okay. Eleven. It wasn't a difficult roll. Uh, the Bitter Hearts are a group of people from Outland Stencia, not nearly as conveniently close to the rest of society, and therefore a lot more hazardous and watched over by dangerous things, especially vampires. Even just getting to and from it is, at the very least, long. At the worst, dangerous. But the Bitterhearts are people that were from there, and in the place that they had originally called home is where the place later known as the Ashmouth arose. And to survive there, their ancestors way far back along their bloodline needed to make a deal with demons. They've done this to survive, and you can see the change upon them. Many of them are pale and have the occasional odd vein, but most of them are just distinct with their notably black hair and pale skin. As time has passed, they've not really been heretical, as it were, as it really was just the ancestors in the past. And while occasionally a witch or two may spring up, and they tend to have a penchant for the ability to place hexes or curses, most of them are just rather disapproved of as roaming bandits, as many of them don't particularly stay where their ancestral home used to be. Uh, well, I know they're not to be trusted. <laughs> uh, that's for sure. The problem is not that at the moment, though. The problem is the ones camping on the outskirts of my town. Been there on and off, and primarily on for weeks now. I send a guard over there to break them up, make the escort them away. But then I find him coming back to me in some sort of... something of devilry, I'm sure. Sounds like it. So I see why you've gotten the brandy out. <laughs> uh, all right. Those bandits just can't accept the society we have built, and he gestures around at his house in fine decor the carefully maintained cottage tree in the middle, absolutely massive. They just seek to tear us down. Nick. Yep. He looks as if, like, an idea has come across his face that he didn't realize he should have had already. You know how to be stern with people, yes? Mm. 
stern with a blade. I mean, I like to consider myself a little bit of a happier personage in and of myself. <laughs> stern with a blade is more what I need. So they're tearing down your town. You want me to go tear them down? I want you to ask them to leave. I need someone who, with more training and resolve than those fools, and he gestures to one of the guards standing post outside a door. Okay, well, let's get down to brass tacks here. How hard do you want me to ask? You needn't kill them. If it comes down to them refusing, I will come personally to see them tomorrow. They, but if they don't leave before dawn, I will burn their wagons to the ground. Be sure to let them know. I appreciate it. At least I'll have confidence in someone doing something. Kind of finishes up his brandy. All right, uh, two, point me in that direction. Get it done before bed. Yeah, he uh, takes a moment to just walk outside with you. The cane he holds mainly in his hand, but it doesn't touch the floor very often. He's a strong man, mainly needing it to rise. Once you get outside, he gestures off in the direction where you can see a trailing of various other people you've seen from the party heading. Uh, oh. I wonder why she's going over there. I couldn't you know, This say. might be even more forward-thinking of you than you yourself thought. Uh, all right. Kind of, you know, undoes the, the clasp on his uh, not the holster, scabbard. And starts a nuke. Yeah. He gives you an appreciative wave as you head off and returns to being the proper host he should be. All right. So, uh, Grimheld. What up? You get over to one of the city gates. It's currently just a jar large enough that people can pass through, but not so much any sort of carts or horses. Well, a horse could possibly, but it would be a tight squeeze. Over a bit adjacent to the left, you hear sounds of sloshing and bottles being thrown about. You hear a few whinnies from horses and a crackling of flame. Some form of stringed instrument is being plucked incredibly poorly. Yeah, I'll, I'll take a look. I'll just walk out there. I don't give a fuck. Alright. Um, so, as you approach, and the evening is growing ever darker, you see a dozen, approximately, men and women gathered around a crackling bonfire. They're definitely in good spirits, having a wonderful time of themselves. A few of them are singing and dancing around the fire. Others are finding their happiness in flasks and wineskins set about. Tied to a nearby tree, or cops of trees, moreover, you see about six horses. Everything is in either very starkly black and white clothes or with a few pieces of vibrant color. They don't really seem to take that much note of you as you approach. Okay. Do I yeah, recognize or anything, or do I have any kind of symbols of affiliation um, or something? No need for you to roll anything. Uh, with the coloration of choice for their clothing and the pale color of their skin, you can see from here that those are definitely bitter hearts. Main, they stay mainly around Stencia, so it's much easier for you to recognize. What, um... Like, how much... Do the rumors seem true that they're, like, kind of vaguely in league with nastiness? 
Uh, moderately, like, they seem to be able to do some strange things at times, and you know that some of them have affiliations working with vampires, but as for just in general, there's all types. Okay. They do some to increase the rumors just so that they seem more intimidating to people. Yeah. Uh, I guess... Just trying to say it's even like, hey, look, Bitterheart's being weird. Isn't that weird? Um, hmm. Well, I'll wait for the others to pop out. It doesn't take that long. It takes about 30 seconds. Yeah. At this point. Hmm. So, everyone else but Nick, you soon catch up to where Grimheld is overlooking a raucous campsite. <sighs> Wonderful. If there's anything, then I'll go ahead and walk up to one of them. Just, what's the cause for celebration? Just a random individual, or anyone in particular? A random individual. Uh, yeah, the one probably closest to you would be over on a cut section of log, uh, rolled back. <sighs> Being alive, my friend. Being alive. Take a seat. Yeah, she'll take a seat. Why not? Although she is uh, making sure not to, like, extra tightly secure her gold purse because that just lets them know where it is. Because she's still racist. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. <laughs> One of them is disguised as the log you're sitting on. Slowly reaching for your pockets. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, just, the guy you're talking with is quite rotund, uh, goatee upon his face. Long dreadlocks pulled back, black as the night sky, blacker than that, in fact. Night sky isn't that black. Uh, he, off, he sloppily offers you his wineskin. And he's been drinking it's about half empty. Right? Yeah. He was drinking okay. from when you got there, he had to pull it out of his mouth. Ugh. Uh, she'll take a sip, that's about it. She doesn't like wine. <laughs> it's really common in Stencia, there's much other drink in Stencia. Well, no, no, like, there's ale and stuff, isn't there? Not as much in Stencia. They don't really have that good of wheat production or anything mm-hmm. like that. Never mind, then. Fine, yeah, let's just take a swig. I mean, that's fine if you don't like wine. When you were visiting elsewhere, you could learn, like, oh, wow, wine sucks. Well, no, no, it's not that wine's bad. It's just that it has a higher alcohol content than... Oh, that's fair. And ...stuff like that. And you, generally speaking, drink one or the other, because drinking water, you'll die. If this is, like, any other sort of medieval setting. Yeah, basically. Well, I guess this is a little bit further along than medieval. But it is still, a little like, bit further along, but people are just kind of assumed that you drink unless you get sick. Like, you know, instead of discovering germ theory, Louis Pasteur is being chased around by a werewolf, so... Uh. To be fair, I can get purify water. Um, well, then we hang out. I'll probably drink water. I don't have it right now, but I think I can. Uh, I don't have it prepared at the moment. Nick, you can at this point easily catch up with the other group of people. The crowd hanging around the outside of this campsite. So, uh... Keeps his voice fairly low. Like, so, um... Is there any particular reason you lot are hanging outside the Devil Spawn camp here? I'm about to go talk to some of them and ask them to keep it down. Oh, maybe you can help me then. Uh... I was about to ask him to keep it out, though. Uh, apparently the mayor and the townsfolk aren't real fans. 
Is there much harm to them being on the outskirts? Uh, you know, I'll be honest with you. Um, a dear friend, and most of, more importantly, a paying customer, told me that they're a problem. Uh, so I'm going to do what I do with problems. I'm going to solve them. And how exactly do you plan on solving them? My choices were pretty clear. Uh, I mean, if you guys want to come along while I have a chat with them, I mean, more bodies certainly wouldn't hurt. I think I should keep an eye on this. Uh, kind of looks over. Huh. Yeah, she is already there talking with him. You're armed, right? <laughs> kind of looks over, checks out the yeah, axe. Okay, good. Yeah, no trouble follows that woman. I believe Conrad is always armed. I have a shield on the interior of my left jacket. You know, okay. trouble follows yep. a lot of women now that I think of it, Faustus. <laughs> but not you, miss. That's supposed to mean. I'm gonna go to work now. You make friends quickly, um, Regenti. You make friends quickly. Not here to make friends. Conrad, was it? <laughs> yes. So let's keep an eye on these on these methods of yours. I'd like to see how they work. Yep. So he'll roll up. All right. Uh, in the time bef- that you were conversing. Um, Grimhelm, the partner currently with you, is uh, making it more clear the current level of inebriation he is. He's not attempting to come on to you or anything, but he is having difficulty sitting up. So, what brings you here? The funeral of a friend. Oh, yeah? How'd that go? Well, she didn't get up and start killing anyone. Hey, it's a good funeral, then. He takes his wineskin back and takes a big old drink out of it. Uh, some of the other bitter hearts around have begun to notice you, and they don't seem at all bothered by you being there. Um, give me an insight check. Sure. I got some of those. For sure, insight. I'm not super great at it, but I'm not the worst. Gotten eleven. Um, so by looking about, you at least notice one man that's definitely whose people seem to be a bit different to. Um, large man, almost more rotund than the one you're talking to, except you can see his is laced with muscle. Uh, he's completely bald, shaved head, a very strong jawline with a large mustache with something in it. You can't tell if it's chunks of meat, dirt, or what have you. Until you got the mustache, it's like, oh, it's the kingpin. Uh, he's wearing a wolfskin vest, and across it is a bandolier filled with knives, and there's a large curved cutlass at his side. He seems to be very comfortable in his power, but he is not one that's trying to keep more attentive by not drinking. He is still enjoying the party. He is laughing at everything else happening, but everyone seems to defer to him. Okay. Um, hmm. I currently don't really have a problem with these dudes. That's fine. Like, the more I think about it, the closer I think I am to, like, I don't want to, not necessarily in chaotic good, because I'm not a good person, but I have problems with authority as it stands, and if these guys are just being dicks to a, a you know, mayor, then I don't really care that much. Alright. 
So you take some time and just sit there with your friend, possibly exchange drinks. He goes and fetches another skin once his first one runs out. I must say friend. Say Acquaintance. He can... friend He's being though. friendly. He, th- he thinks of you as a friend. <laughs> He'd think of yeah. most people as a friend in his current state. A lot of people have made that mistake. Um, so at this point, uh, Nick, you can easily roll up. This ought to be good. Yeah, so I mean, he kind of steps. I, is there like a? Because it was like sort of in the in the woods. Is there like a path up to them? Oh, they're just surrounded by odd cops of trees. The woods aren't particularly heavy here. Oh right, yeah. So um, first thing is he'll just gauge their reaction when he just kind of steps out of you know one of the gaps in the trees. Give me an insight check. Fourteen. Uh, they don't really seem particularly bothered by it. You notice the same powerfully held man that everyone else is being attentive towards. But that's about the extent of it. Um, if, as you keep approaching, though, uh, one he does not rise. However, another man, considerably older, thinner, um, he's a wizened old man, thin as a scarecrow, pale skin, white eyebrows, and equally white beard. Uh, his dreadlocks that come off the back of his head are graying, but were most likely as dark and vibrant as the rest of theirs, and has a stunning red vest draped over his clothes that are otherwise of very common quality. Uh, He has a large piercing, almost just a simple ring, but large enough to almost be made of tube, piercing into the base of his neck. He stands up to attention as you approach. Hey, how's it going? It is going absolutely magically, I guess. It's a wonderful night out. That's an interesting word to use. He just smiles kindly. Yes, having a party? Yes, you're free to join us if you would like. Just came from one. Um, (laughs) (laughs) God, he kind of looks around. How long have you guys been here? Oh, that really depends. I've lost a bit track of time myself, old age and all that, you can be sure. How long have we been here, Ratka? The much larger man on the ground. Uh, several weeks. Give or take. Thirty beers ago. Thank you, Laszlo. Uh, And, uh, you think, I don't know, uh... Town, yeah, I'll be playing with you. Uh, there have been some issues, as far as the townsfolk are concerned, uh, about you guys being out here. Hmm. All right. Now, they were acting a little crazy, but I, was, you know, I'm a reasonable man. I'm not from here, and uh, I said, you know what? I'll go have a talk with them. Uh, I'm sure that, you know, a more peaceful and reasonable arrangement can be made, uh, you know, regarding you guys maybe vacating the premises. Reasonable compared to what, may I ask? Oh, they were going pretty nuts. Um, there were a lot, too. I've never been one for beating around the bush, excuse me. Uh, my name is Stanimir. Introduction seemed the polite thing to do, and as well, I would like an introduction from you and whoever it is that you speak for. 
You can call me Nick. Wonderful. Uh, and I suppose I speak on behalf of the mayor. Ah, oh, Mr. Madliner. Have you spoken with him? Met him? Oh, I know of him. But... That's not what I asked. <laughs> don't worry, don't worry. I have no wish to make enemies of the mayor here, Mr. Madliner. He looks over. Did the rest of you approach? Or... Yeah, I'm, I'm not too far behind. Yeah, Thassus will approach. He didn't say anything. She's probably followed up. I'll just keep watching from a distance. Like, I'm basically keeping my eyes peeled for any signs of anything shady. Okay. Is, is Pup with you? Apparently. Cool. <laughs> Very excited about this party. This is Dog Fort. I have a story to tell all of you. First you listen, then we go. Simple as that. But acceptable to you. He nods, gives a big, wild grin, showing too much teeth as his lips pull back against his gums. It's not aggressive, it's just... (laughs) It's just tall. He reaches out his hand, and a woman at his side, a very sleek, smooth, beautiful in her composure, but not as much just her looks. She hands him a wineskin, and he takes it into his mouth and turns to the great bonfire in the middle of the camp and expels all of the wine in his mouth into it. The fire roars up great and emerald green. He turns back to look at you over the fire. The flames dance and sway. Dark shape appears in, in the bonfire's core. We come from a land of old valleys, cursed by the dark before land knew a glimmer of light. The demons took all we knew before those who followed like us had a choice in life. So many of us wandered the roads in search of respite. The dark shape in the fire takes the form of a man being knocked from his horse, a spear piercing his side. Stanimir continues. One night, a wounded soldier staggered into our camp and collapsed. We nursed his terrible injury and quenched his thirst with wine. He survived. When we asked him who he was, he wouldn't say. All he wanted was safety for his army and him. But we were deep in the land of his enemies. We took him as one of our own and brought him back to our homeland, dangerous though it may be. It was still free from war. His enemies hunted him. They said he was a prince, yet we didn't give him up, even when there. Assassins fell on us like wolves. Deep in the bonfire... The dark figure standing stands with sword drawn, fighting off a host of shadowy shapes. This man of royal blood fought to protect us, as we protected him. We bore him safely to a land to call home, and he thanked us. He said, I owe you my life. I will build a place of refuge. Join me whenever you wish. Leave whenever you choose, and know that you will always be safe here. The figure in the dancing fire vanquishes its final foe and disperses into a cloud of smoke and embers. Stanimir's face becomes somber, folding into a still mask. But that was before my time. Before anyone's here's time. For now, a condition of the blood destroyed our noble prince, turning him into a tyrant. We alone are granted the ability to leave his domain unharmed, peacefully. We've traveled far and wide. Now, me, the ones before me, 
to find heroes with the power and willingness to end the blight of the fiend and let him rest once more a free and kind man. Our leader, Madam Ava, knows all. The fire slowly eases back into a gentle, as gentle as a bonfire can be, roaring orange yellow. Will you return to the Outland Valleys with us and speak with her? You seem the type that we may be looking for. Grimhild gives a very slight derisive sound uh, after she realizes that he's calling Nick a hero. Harsh, but probably <laughs> justified. The man, the larger man uh, with the bald head on the ground smiles immensely at the derisive snort. Say a condition of the blood? What's that actually mean? Uh, as a thing, you would probably know. That's generally like the... No, he, he's he's saying oh. that. He's like okay. trying to break the euphemism in front of him. A vampire. Your prince became a vampire. Long ago. Before my time, personally. Prince of our people. Our adopted loving prince. Apparently. Long time ago, before my time. I wish I could have seen him then. Where is this, uh, Ava? Madam Ava, you called her? We have a camp by the Serpool, Pool, out along the somber road, through the hospital, back to the Outland Valleys. Uh, for, I believe this is everyone but Grove and Illyria, uh, you know that over there is the terrain of Strephon Moor, where Moor Mansion overwatches all. Moor Manor. Wait. Your your prince is more. More? Yes. Well, apparently he was. I guess still is. He hasn't died. He's certainly more than meets the eye. <laughs> that wasn't in character. <laughs> I figured. Uh, and... Now, will stand up because... Oh, all right. And this old lady wants to take back the area from him? Or can do that? She knows about how others may be able to. She knows many things. She's wise and gifted. Much more than me, even in my venerable age. If it was within my power, we would already be done. But it's not. I can always endorse putting another vampire out of its misery. You would also very much recognize the name more, Faustus. Oh, yeah? Why? Well, that is the estate on who Arcelia led an attack. Well, all right, then. is going to kind of lean over to Grove and be like, what are vampires? Those aren't in the woods. They show up there from time to time. <laughs> I thought they couldn't get over. They can't cross the moving water during nighttime. They can go through woods. They just prefer generally oh. not to because there's a lot of living oh, okay. wood that someone could cut off and kill them with. Well, most of the forest is living wood. Never mind then. I swore I read that they couldn't enter through the woods, but never mind. So what do you think? Are you going? No, I'm going. You'll need someone who knows the way. I mean, they literally offered to bring him. 
that's not what I was getting at, but thank you. As many of them as we can put in the ground, in the fire, any of it. I agree with the sentiments, but don't get yourself killed. I died two years ago. Is that what is that what she would want for you? He doesn't say anything and turns away from Conrad. I'll go. Because I should have gone there already. I'll go. I have experience with vampires. Grimhilda's already just getting her shit together. Make sure everything's good to go. Well, delighted to hear it. Stanimir runs a hand through his dreadlocks. They sway gently. <laughs> he's so pretty. Majestically. No, he's he's really wizened. He's not pleasant. <laughs> he's he's <laughs> Look, standards change. <laughs> Fantastic. Do you understand how many models would kill for a waistline that thing? <laughs> well, I believe then the time has come for us to gather our things. If you'd like to leave in the morning, I don't think any of us would be adverse to that. It's quite dark. And some things like that. I don't think I, even the most angry of mayors would have you leave a town like this in the dark. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll explain the situation. Uh, I've got some business with him anyway. Be sure to extract payment. You'll need it on the road. You know... I forgot to negotiate it. Oh, no. That devil with his brandy and the wine beforehand. This was a setup. To be fair, you didn't have to drink it. At least get a few few gold out of him. (laughs) Not gilder. Different system. No, isn't the name of the... Don't they have a name for the gold in this? They didn't list the gold for Innistrad names. gold pieces. (laughs) Oh. job is worth 15 rebels. I mean, I, I made a list Brutals. of what was on each of uh, what was on corpse. each of the coins, so if people want to <laughs> use what I wrote down for those, like nicknames for the currency, you can. This is worth six Krog. Six spears. Krog only come in six. Or I guess six suns actually would probably be the correct thing for gold. There's probably like four different currencies Gavin, he has the normal coins, and Kessig has just, like, you know, wood chips and shit. No, they have plenty of that. I this in Skype, so that, um, of the whole thing. Are you saying, like, they just have such a devalued currency that they have to, like, trade entire trees? (laughs) Stencia has, like, liters of blood and such. Ugh. They say they traded the territory of Stencia away from the natives for just, like, three gallons of blood. God damn it. Alright, it's time to turn on that legendary charm you apparently have. Wait, what are you talking about? They're, they're leaving. I don't, I don't need to do anything. To get your money. Oh, yeah. You let yourself in a poor negotiating position. Yeah, it's fine. I'll just tell them all so I can bring them back. Yeah. Alright. So you want to we'll wobble back? back? Wobble back in town and attempt to extort the mayor. <laughs> <laughs> God, it's got some high-range extortion. Just hard cut. Please. <laughs> Please. Bro, bro, you're, just, you're like the best guy. God. You're, you're a good guy. Just, like, give me some stuff. 
Yeah, when you get back to uh, the mayor's manor, um, he is, in his way, overjoyed to hear the news. Um, he's still a rather stern man, and he doesn't... You can tell his mood perks up, but beyond that, he doesn't smile. That's not him. You have to understand, I was very, very drunk. <laughs> um, but he's happy to hear you did it. Um, as long as they're moving out, that's all I really care about. You deserve payment yeah, of some sort. Yeah, they're, they're, they're leaving the morning. Uh, just about to get to that. Yeah. Uh, devil with your brandy. <laughs> so, I mean, what do you think is fair? I don't know. Uh, it sons are probably the name for the gold pieces. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. 800 sons. Always start high. Uh, so, so how bright are you going to make my day here, Mayor? You sold it too short. Because let me tell you, they were eager to leave, but uh, only because we're leaving with them. I mean, I could stick around. <laughs> right. Well, you know, I'm certain I've already grown tired of your company. <laughs> here. How about, let's say... A hundred sheep, meaning the coin, and the rest of the brandy. Let me just see the bottle. Yeah, he'll lift it up. It's like, I don't know. Uh, uh, there's a third left. It's not a tiny bottle. And Electrum is a half gold, right? Yeah, so that's 50 gold. How much Electrum? A hundred. Well, not as bright as I'd like it, but... uh. And when you cover a place as foggy as me, you'll take any amount of light you can get. In this metaphor, the light is sheep. I'll be I'll sure to have some more next time you come clay. through. I'll trade you two clay for some sheep. God damn it. Clay Monopoly. Fuck you. I'm going for the port strategy. I'll be sure to have more brandy the next time you come through. Mm. Yeah, and if you don't object to that, he'll uh, have his butler... Pavel, go and get those for you. He'll just hand you the brandy right there. Just takes a sip right out of the bottle. Yeah. Yeah, worth every drop. You know, it'd be funny if silver was the more expensive piece in this system. I thought that would be funny, but it's also would... really common, I realize, so it wouldn't make sense. There, there's a silver there's a silver beach, isn't there? Yeah, like, the, like yeah, Nefalia's beaches are silver. No wonder they're the rich town god. <laughs> It's not the best quality silver, but it's fucking silver still. We're all swimming in silver, but we have no food. <laughs> you also have no trees. Rampant destruction. Rampant yeah, no trees. That means like when a vampire does show no, up. No, okay, I'm I'm gonna step aside out of GM for a moment to tell him about like my, my favorite piece of Innistrad lore. Bruno Stromkirk, the vampire progenitor who lives over by Nepalia, became a wealthy patron for people who did woodworking and various building construction and boat construction, and he just kept ordering things and ordering things over over a thousand years until they deforested Nefalia, so he wouldn't be in threat of his vampires being attacked by wood in the local area. That's... Wow. Real bright. <laughs> it's wow. really good! And now Nefalia has some really good woodworkers, they just don't have local wood. Jesus. <laughs> Can we hire an inquisitor, an inquisitor to fight a price famine? 
very particular type of inquisitor. We need to have a, yeah, an Econo inquisitor start, you know, <laughs> just using, using the invisible hand to have the Nephalians plant trees. <laughs> he just kicks open the door. There's like a storm behind him. He's cloaked in shadow. Show me to your accounts. Uh, anyway, uh, Nick, you're offered a room in the manor itself overnight. Once you explain that, you're leaving the next morning. Um, as for everyone else, the Inquisitor at least would be offered a room. Wonderful. Uh, but for the rest of you, you can camp out or do as you like, unless anyone wants to make introductions. <laughs> for Illyria is fine sleeping outside. Ditto. Give me a tree. Because of my background, I think people are more apt to let me crash at their place. That's true. If you just asked, they would. Yeah, I'll probably just crash hey. at some peasant. Hey, remember me, the dower woman from the party? Can I sleep on your couch? <laughs> I promise when your vampire show up during the night, I'll kick their ass. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> Honestly, that's the best offer I've gotten so far. <laughs> I've never had a better deal offered to me ever. <laughs> and then just some vampires show up. Well, I can keep staying the night if you keep offering me a room to protect you from these vampires. And you only need to pay a little bit of protection money. Hey, wait a minute. These these uh, vampire teeth are glued on. Well, next town. That's Blair. not a vampire. That's just Mikey. He's really pale. Doesn't get out a whole lot. Blue. Mike, <laughs> Blue, give me some money, Blue. <laughs> I gotta hit the gym after this, Blue. Yo, blood me up, bro. Gotta get my black gains. Blue. What what clique does this man belong to? Is he a street punk, a gangster, or a bodybuilder? <laughs> I don't know, All but I don't think above. any of those tribes are supported in Innistrad. <laughs> All right. Um, so the night passes smoothly. Uh, it's as worrisome to everyone who lives here in the shadow of Markov Manor, but there doesn't seem to be anything of major report. Next morning rolls around. Uh, Dagenhard is happy to equip you with food for your way out, offer anything else he can that is not as spendy as what he already offered you. That is to say, uh, that Nick stops by at the pantry, walks out with bread hidden everywhere on his person. Like, did you just put on an immense amount of muscles that crackle when you move? It's impressive. Good magic. I can't talk because I'm smuggling the butter out of my mouth. <laughs> How'd you fit an entire goblet in there? <laughs> don't ask a question you don't want the answer to. No, he's got he's got the butter in his mouth and the butter goblet in his teeth, just holding it very precariously. Yeah, so he'll head towards the uh, so was it bitter thorn, bitter root, bitter bitter hearts, bitter heart. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, so I guess they didn't really say where they'd meet up, but uh, their camp is as good as any. That's a good assumption. Yeah, that sounds right. Alright, so it takes some time to trail out there, but once everyone gets ready and prepared. But by the time you get there, all the wagons have been hooked up, two horses to each one. The men and women have piled inside them, except for a few hanging off the sides. Uh, They're still a rambunctious bunch, but a bit less vulgar than they were last night. Uh, Stanimir is sitting on a log waiting for you as you arrive poking at what little embers remain in the fire well then everyone returned remarkable glad to see you all are you prepared uh, as prepared as I'm going to be 
they look around like, is everyone else from their little group like moving slow, hungover, and whatnot? Not Illyria. <laughs> nope, Rove's there. I've been at this, no, no. I've been <laughs> at this game for a long time, youngster. <laughs> Out of the not the not gypsies. Uh, pretty much all of them except the well-composed young woman from and the old man himself. Yeah, I'm moving slow, but don't worry about it. Looks like you guys aren't too quick on your feet either. At least not at this point in the morning. Not after celebration like that, though. To be fair, they didn't know they were leaving yet, so there's no reason to prepare. Yeah, they're probably fine to drive. <laughs> I think the horses will do the work, except for that one. I believe Laszlo may have fed him some wine. Drunk horse. Oh no. Can she go over and talk to the horse and see how he's doing? <laughs> sure. Horse is like, I'm doing all <laughs> yeah. right. The horse is great. The horse is just white girl wasted. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she just goes over and wants to be like, hey, how are you doing? Like, is something different than the wine so, happening? So what is the thing to use? Speak with animals? Uh, what speak with animals. Comprehend and verbally communicate with the beast what is, what is the duration. Is it a level one spell or cantrip? Yeah, it's a level one. Okay, so you'll burn that slot. Yeah. What? <laughs> what? It's just the wine, right? Just the drink he made you give? The red one? Yeah, that one. It was alright, I guess. But that's all that's wrong with you? You didn't eat anything weird? He pauses. Links lazily. The grass here is not good. I know. I promise if you ever go to Keswick, there's much better grass there. I don't know where that is, but okay. It's okay. And she probably reaches into her bag and has some sort of treat that's horse edible. <laughs> I could believe her bringing just Keswick grass with her. Probably. There you go. She just gives him some grass. I was planning to throw it at something later, but this will work fine. Yeah, I mean... Aha! Pocket grass! <laughs> exactly! <laughs> <laughs> and she pets the horse's nose before returning to the group. Yep, just the wine. Huh. She does that. <laughs> oh yeah, for everyone else, you just heard her making like strange whinnying noises at the horse and the horse grunting Is that back. what happens? Yeah. Yes, I, you literally talk make to animals. You literally talk to animals. You think well, animals no, I know that. I know. This I know is, that. This is what happens. No, I was just curious because the the description doesn't specify, but it's magic. So I was like, do I speak common it and the animals understand common? People do it this way, and I like it best this way. Okay, cool. So I learned the ability to speak horse. Good to know. Temporarily. For ten minutes. Okay. Yeah. This seems like a really rare sort of magic. So I'm just gonna kind of like look at Grove, like, like in the look More on the faces, like. It's, it's a very pessic magic. What would, you, what would you say, Josh? Like, Grimhill just sort of looks at Grove. Like, is she touched? Like, in the head? Like, is she... He'll just shake his head. No, she doesn't. Talks to, the, <laughs> talks to you. Points to the dog. It just looks at you. <laughs> and he has really nice conversations. Helpful. Helps the horses. Helps when nobody's around to figure out what's going on. Strange. Oh, yeah. You wouldn't believe what the spiders know when you're trying to find someone who's lost. 
Yeah, oh, you have like, to get to them yeah, quickly, I, though. <laughs> Grove is gonna laugh at this because he realized the absurdity of this situation. This is the creepy hobo laugh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that lizard that like leans back into it in the meme. Like it's like three chains larger than Prospector. <laughs> I mean, it's true. You're as long as you tell them where to find something better to hunt, they'll tell you where the people are. Or trade, you know, sheep for people. They they just want the, you know, does the fang thing with his fingers. Uh, That's not sheep. what they do. You know that. The ones in, on the west side, maybe, but most of them just poison and paralyze. And then they fall, they die of asphyxiation. Stanimir is just watching this, like, with, like, not disgust exactly, it's more just abject confusion, I suppose. I don't I think really we'll like need... the idea of yeah. spiders being in gangs. <laughs> they like, Westside! Westside widows, bitch! Yeah, Grove, Grove will just put a hand on Illyria's shoulder and be like, I don't think they need to know the difference. Or at least hopefully we won't need to know. The somber boys. Fine, their lack of knowledge... You can save them if you need to. Time for some hair of the dog. <laughs> Don't touch my dog. Yeah, that's, that's nice. That's not what I meant, toys boy. <laughs> okay. He just kind of looks and takes a second. And like, oh, mm. no, it goes so back wait, to your pumping. Dog's name is you? Yes. Sure is. Look at the dog. How I big is your dog? A pet dog. It um, watches you very carefully. A pet dog. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it like doesn't move until you put your hand on it. Then it moves into your hand. See, pup's real nice once you get close. It's still not blinking, and then it blinks out of like being forced to because his eyes are drying out. No. So. <laughs> yeah, unless you guys have any more horses or or uh, spiders to talk to, uh, I think. Quite enough talking to horses. Not his fault he's drunk. If any of you would like to rest inside one of the caravans, we have one available. Yes, please. And he just points you towards the one most towards the back. It's relatively empty behind what just is kept in it, cooking pans and bedding and the like. If it's alright, I'll ride alongside. I have experience escorting caravans. Oh shit, you have a horse? That was not in character, but like out of character you have a horse. Do you have a horse? Or are you riding drunk horse? (laughs) You can wait until you can cast level 2 spells and cast a horse. (laughs) No, I was just going to try and uh, hitch hitch a ride with one of the... uh... Sit up on where the drivers are? Yeah. Gotcha. Some of the bitter hearts are walking alongside. These aren't, you know, the things that go... (laughs) These wagons aren't made to go at breakneck speed. Right. All right. With everyone loaded in and around the Bitterheart caravans, they start heading out. They lead you on Old Somber Road, the main path that travels through the pass known as the Hospital, leading you to the Outland Valleys. Takes a while still. The sun starts traveling through the sky. It's at least an hour or two, two and a half, before you start getting to an area where the road widens out again, and you start seeing trees past the Midland Ridge. 
Does anyone do anything during those two hours? Or Actually, Faustus will probably try to find... If they have a blacksmith or something like that near, he'll try to find them. I'm a blacksmith. What? I have smiths. Oh, did you want to do something before you left? Well, no, while they're on the road. Oh, well, most of the hostel, if you're talking with the people that are currently traveling in your caravan, that's, there aren't really any other villages on the path you're heading. Okay. The hostel is long and winding, and it's only that because it's safer to travel. <laughs> they would take the fast one, but that one travels right by the Ashmouth, which is not a very good place to go. Uh, basically, the uh, um, if they have like a blacksmith cart or something like that, he'll just kind of sit in the cart and fix stuff while they're on the road. Oh, you didn't need a blacksmith. No. I get you. Um, they would have one at least of simple tools. It's nothing complicated. It's just in case something breaks down on the road. Like an axle on one of the wagons. Alright, well if they have stuff to fix, he'll fix it. Just for something to do. There's not very much, but there's enough to keep you at least busy for that amount of time. Uh, what is it that you named your familiar? Victor. Uh, at Ooh. some point... Victor from a creative monster. Damn it. Yeah, like we've never had anyone around here who I mean, named, their, named their familiar a bad thing. I mean, shouldn't it be, shouldn't be Adam rather than Victor? <laughs> eh, it's fine. I'm just being Proteus. Oh, it's such a good series. Actually, Victor's monster? Sir? Um, excuse me, sir. It's, uh... <laughs> no, sorry. Oh, I see sorry for being is. an ass. Anyway, partway through the trip, he goes missing. Temporarily. The, okay, the he'll turn up again. Oh. You know he's about. You can sense him in that regard. But. Yeah. He can do his thing. I'm not his keeper. Well, technically I am his keeper, but I'm not going <laughs> to... I don't need to watch over him. Well, technically I do, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> All right. Um... So, if there's nothing else, um, yeah, the trip goes by relatively smoothly, quietly. Um, there's some chattering between the various bitter hearts, but that's about it. As you approach and the mountain range begins to widen open again, Geyer Pass breaks open to a pair of gates next to a few black pools of water standing next to the muddy roadway. There are giant trees looming on both sides of the road, branches clawing at the ground. These iron gates seem old, not well-maintained, but maintained enough to function. One of the men stands up and goes to push one open, roughly. It takes some working, but it eventually starts sliding with a gritting noise against the ground. After he gets it open, the caravans start to pour through one by one. And he takes the time to carefully shut it once more. So who built the gate? He'll say to anyone who's in the caravan with him. Apparently no one. I have outside, as established previously. Illyria has no damn clue. Well, what was the question? Who made the gate? Do I not know who made the gate? Are you the gatekeeper? I'm the keymaster. Damn. Well, you, probably wouldn't, you probably wouldn't know. It's kind of been here forever. You're not really yeah. sure. It's yeah, always I'm been here as long as you've lived. Educated, so... <laughs> Yeah, I shrug. An old person who made gates, I assume. It's been there for a very long time. Correct answer, I suppose. 
Give me just a moment. I need to get over to the map on roll 20 here. Uh-oh. Not the combat map. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Look, the piece I highlighted is just up to the gate. Uh-oh. <laughs> You're a fuck. <laughs> yeah, the Uh-oh. only thing more suspicious you could have done was roll a bunch of dice as you looked at the map. As because our savings throws? You know, for no reason, just because, you know, I enjoy saving throws. By the way, at, at level 6, I just get plus 3 to all of mine. That's not bad. Yeah, paladins that's are That's awesome. really good. And also, I can I contribute that to everyone within 10 feet. With <laughs> oh, what? That's even better. Oh, right, that thing's ridiculous. <laughs> and uh, if, I, if I get another point of charisma at level 4 that I'm planning on, it'll be plus 4 instead. Wait, what do you attribute to everyone within 100 feet? Within 10 feet at level uh, level 6, I give everyone plus 3 or 4 to their saving throws. Oh, that's pretty cool. It'll forever while. Sweet, I will actually get a 0 for my charm <laughs> resist. <laughs> or my will, whatever it is. It starts pushing through more trees. This is... I have difficulty with my black. saves. They're black trunks and yellowing leaves. Everything is beginning to feel the touch of autumn. But still, there are many pines here, and everything is foreboding as thin mists creep throughout everywhere. I'm probably going to take a branch off of one of them to have some fresher stakes. Go for it. I mean, you have to... You'll probably have to not just snap one off as you go by, and rather just take a moment to get a little deeper in, because most of the outer wood on some of these are not doing as well. All you have to do is go just out of sight into the forest. <laughs> that is where all of the living wood is. <laughs> that is where all the ones are. Maybe if we stop. <laughs> As you keep passing the tree trunks you find, are unnaturally close to one another. The woods have a silence about them. It exudes a feeling of something beyond. You keep pushing through. You couldn't spit your full distance here. Is that some kind of country thing? Hmm? Couldn't spit your full distance here. It would hit a tree. Ignore the posted terms on these. They are not what it actually is. So this isn't the old Valak road? <laughs> no, it's the old Somber road. <laughs> What's Barovia? Never heard of it. <laughs> you keep going and push out into a clearing. You can see a couple miles in a couple directions. It's less choking than it was before, but everything is still dark. The clouds in Stensia never seem to go away, and the sun never truly shines down upon it. Stanimir turns back from where he is sitting at the driver's seat at the front of the procession. He calls back over the crowd. We'll just be passing by the town. Once we get past there, we can be on our way to our camp and you can meet Madame Ava. Then you'll be free to do as you like. Question about forced mage druids. What about them? So, like, do I see, like, just random geists, like, as they meander through the world? Nope. Okay. I know I interact with them, but how do I do that then? You'd probably have to call them up. I mean... Okay. The way that a force mage does is they generally make a deal with them. Similar to a witch, but less fucked up, because they're not actually asking anything of you. I mean, other than to not be a fuck. Okay. 
Because it's not um, very clear is all in any of the text how I do what I do besides general druid stuff. You probably just you speak for the trees. You are the Lorax, but this time you have to bargain with the trees. Yeah, you don't exactly have to ask them to do things. They just do things when you call. It's like using the um, in L5R using the Kami, I guess, closer. Even though that's a bit asking. Okay. Thank you. So the Kami, if the Kami weren't complete assholes to you, <laughs> basically. Do you want your answer in the form of fire? I I I I talked. That was awful when we did that. Um. So, uh, for those of you who have been here before, you recognize that town. No one who passes through the gate doesn't know that town. That is Shadowgrange. The people here talk about it like it's been cursed, and maybe in fact it has. It's here, after all. Uh, yeah, Nick's not a local. He just kind of hops off of the you know, seat on the caravan. He's probably riding not shotgun like uh, Conrad was. Uh, just kind of, you know, gets that off. Actually, that's where the term shotgun comes from, dude. I, I know. That's why, I mean, but he's not wielding a shotgun. He was riding rapier. Fair enough. <sighs> riding crossbow? Technically, I'm riding hand axe. <laughs> um, I'll use that as a pointer. <laughs> uh, so, uh, kind of, you know, I'm not a local. Uh, what's, how is the town? Anything I should look out for? The town itself, really. There's not much to it anymore. So people live there. Well, they survive there. I wouldn't really call it living. That's pleasant. If you really need a drink or supplies that you can't find on your own, that'd be the place to do it. Don't expect a good deal, but you can get something there. I always expect a good deal. <laughs> then you expect too much. Still beyond that, if you need cheap drink, they should have it. I hear tales of Moore's interest in the place, apparently. They don't have many guards left, any, from what I can see when I pass by. So it's less, I mean, like actually cursed, cursed, and more just preyed on. Possibly somewhere between the two. Of course. Kind of shakes his head, mumbles something to himself about country people again, and then <laughs> goes off to buy some cheap booze. Oh, so you're going to break off towards the town as they're going by? Oh, I thought they were kind of like breaking to go into the... If, if it's not a stop it, they're already it, making, then... It's not a hard stop, like, not at this point. Oh, okay. I, I thought they might have needed to, like, water the horses or something. Nope. Not as of yet. Okay. Then he'll wait for one of the not-cursed towns. By the way, Argenti, I was raised in Gavany. I'm just saying it, it's a very it was a very odd turn of phrase. It's something uh it's sounded very provincial. I've worked That's in a lot all. Of, I've worked in a lot of provinces. If you hear some weird Nephalian you know, turns of phrase come out of my mouth, you'll know exactly where that came from. <laughs> uh, what have I heard from the Nephalians? It mostly involves uh money, uh Money and monsters. Yeah. Euphemisms? Nobles love euphemism. Sure, you have about 12 different terms for that damned fog over it. And that damned fog is one of them. Mm. The people who write the books call it the Nevelgast, but yeah, I don't think anyone actually does. I have run afoul of some of your uh, skilled folk, is it? Uh, oh, 
Right, yes. Um, actually considered running with them after leaving the church. Mm. I think you made the right choice. Yeah, they're kind of small time. <laughs> they still hold a hammer pretty well. I'm not, I won't begrudge them that, but the city's where the money's made. Right. <laughs> Grove, you hear a yelp from your dog. Not a big one. Like, uh, where is he? I mean, he should be next to you, I presume. Yes. Well, I, he doesn't yelp unless something's taking the something's wrong. He'll look I didn't like cut him too hard, did I? I mean, sure, it's not like I did. It's not that it's like slow or something. Watch as the development of a new shoulder chip occurs. <laughs> You investigate your dog briefly, and you can see that on a small piece of his underbelly, there are a few tufts of fur missing. Very small. That's strange. He'll kind of give a scratch to kind of pet it, make sure it feels, you know, clear up the little itch in case it is, and then just kind of look around. I mean, he's missing hair. Was he lying on his belly? Yeah, I mean, it's not like in the middle of his belly. It's more like in the upper chest. He wasn't staying somewhat attentive. Sure, but still, there's lots of weird people he knows. So that's not exactly a a weird plus a weird is usually always a weird. So he's gonna he's gonna be keeping an eye out now. So just lounging. Actually, so um, bit remiss with the thing I said earlier. One moment. I won't worry about getting this precise handbar. Uh, the old somber road does go directly through Barovia, so is they it would actually somber vault. Uh, not exactly. The villages you've been, the forests you see elsewhere, seem to be some overreach of the somber wall. But as for the somber wall itself, was in the Midland Valley, and you generally did the best to skip that as possible. People don't tend to want to go there. Well, yeah, I just was curious because of the similar names. It goes right by it, but okay. not as much directly through. So, one moment. I'm figuring out roll 20. Does that shift you guys over? I can't tell. I don't know how this works. Yes. Sweet. I Do see the new map. Out. Yeah. Yes. Although, I think it needs to download more because it looks kind of bad right now. Yeah, there we go. I'd size it up, but that would take some time, so I'm not going to do that right now. That's, that's okay. We have the magnifying glass feature. Doesn't let's see. It looks like looks fine to me. About three dozen houses. Is that a graveyard in the top left with a church? Of course, it's a graveyard. Yes, it's a graveyard. <laughs> well, it's a graph in a church. Thank you. Yeah, it's a oh, graph. Oh yeah, it's a graph yard. One square is forty feet, so it looks to be. Where's some big about, ass graves? About three hundred feet wide. <laughs> yeah, it's not the biggest town any of you have been to, but it's. Bigger than anything else that would be in this immediate area. Surprising Southern's, that it's still this big. Southern's graves are 20 feet long. <laughs> They're probably they mausoleums. Yeah. It looks like there is like three bigger houses within the city. They have two chimneys. <laughs> Means they're fancy. Also, uh, one. Uh, I hate fancy houses. In this city, this town, this Thorpe. So. It's a hamlet. I as love you, ham. As you approach the village, tall shapes loom out of the dense fog that surrounds everything. The muddy ground that you've been treading on this entire time that the wheels have been struggling to push through gives way to slick, wet cobblestones. The tall shapes become recognizable as village dwellings proper, like you could see them as 
blocky shapes in the distance, but at this close you can see the brickwork. And you can see the trees poking out from beyond them. The windows of each house stare out from pools of blackness. No sound cuts the silence except for a mournful sobbing that echoes to the streets from a distance. Are you serious? <laughs> so that town we just passed through, or passed by, that I, was the cursed one? I turned back a little bit. I realized the road has to go through here. So this is that one. Oh, okay. So they are going to stop for water. <laughs> Why can't I go through a single damn town without some horrible sobbing coming from some corner? I mean, I'll admit, sometimes they're sobbing when I leave towns, but uh, not when I enter them. Oh, you donk. Oh, you're like one of those people from the women books. You can read? Barely. Good. Lovely town. About what I expected, though. We'll stop for a moment. Just get a few resources, get some water for the horses. That'll be it. We'll be on our way shortly. I'll be right back. I'm going to go check on the sobbing. Uh, where? I Is it, is it like just permeating the town, like the fog that covers it? Or is it no, going to come from a distinct source? It, it seems to be coming from a direction. <laughs> Welcome to the sob zone. <laughs> Deeper through the fog. I mean, the fog is pretty present in Stencia everywhere you go, and the Outland Valleys only gets worse. I'll be right back, see if I can help. Help if you need help. help. I'll, uh, where would I find... Uh, you said you're stopping to get some supplies. Are uh, you going to... Is there, like, a general... Is there a store? Depot of some kind? I mean, there's a, a store. You might the not there's gotta care be a for store. it too much. But there's a store. They sell it beef. may be too country for your liking. They sell beef? Question mark. I got news for you, sister. Uh, Wollenbach is too country for my liking. This, this is pretty much hell. Yeah, so I'll hop down off the caravan and investigate. Grove is going to keep an eye on everybody that leaves the the caravan. Figure out, kind of try and keep an eye on them. I disappear into the fog. <laughs> Damn it, there's fog. <laughs> Foiled yeah, if again. People, if people are leaving the caravan, Faustus will jump down and follow along, too. Alright, so where are each of you going? Crying. Uh, yeah, Lyria will follow the crying. She's curious. With the uh, provisioners, like with the people, you know, wherever they're going to get stuff, he'll head that way. Faustus will follow along with Nick, then. Let's see how big this will make on the screen. <laughs> 40 feet long. <laughs> wow, Nick's real big. Oh, look at him go. <laughs> look at him go. Told you, man, sobbing when he leaves the town. Ooh. God damn it. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm using this to keep track of bullshit. Shut up. There's Faustus. <laughs> that, that turned out even better than I thought as a pog. <laughs> what a dour man. <laughs> I guess I'll, I'll go... Although it's hard to argue with Bruce Campbell. Oh, well, I put them in the slightly wrong spot. Okay, so which way is the Inquisitor going? I'm going He's going prime. over this way. That's where I'm going to. And where are the other two going? They're going into that big, uh, a rather large building compared to everything else at least. At least seems to be a warehouse worn down like everywhere else, directly off the road, right next to where the carts were parked. And where's Grove going? Grove is just kind of sitting on top of the caravan right now. Hacker. Uh, I guess I'll just say to Grove, you go 
with them, I'll go with them, and just like suggest he goes with Nick and Faustus, and I'll go with the other ones. Sure. You stay. I'll go. No following. Superman. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Who's going with who of Grim Helping Grove? I was going with uh, Conrad and Illyria. Yeah, for, for the audience, there's not really much apparent on the map to us at the moment. It's it's not. Yes. You ha- they have the extent of being able to see the village for a representation of where each other are. That is literally the only reason this is here. Yeah. Yeah, all we've got are our character pogs. And it's, it's kind of jarring seeing just Bruce Campbell there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, it kind of he's fits in, with Nick right now. He's in period dress. Come on. <laughs> Look at that face. <laughs> don't worry, we'll cover him up. For, for the folks at home, if you didn't know, you really need to be made aware that there was a series <laughs> where Bruce Campbell played an American spy... In uh, like 1801, right after the re- you know Revolutionary War and such, and it is awesome. <laughs> it's called Jack of All Trades. They have- <laughs> Go now. I admit it. It, it was a more clever find. Jack than of All Trades, especially sponsored by the Drunk and Ugly. Watch it now. Oh God. And I just took a concept art from uh, for Father Gascoigne, so I, I applaud your how how far you went for this. You discovered a whole Bruce Campbell series over there. <laughs> <laughs> My pull is so much deeper. <laughs> All right. Did you just um, look up Bruce Campbell Victorian? No, I was looking for like just um uh like duelist or rapier, and he was among them. <laughs> Wait, oh, there we go. Because <laughs> the, the, the full picture, Davis. the full picture is standing there with a rapier, like yep. pointing down. All right. Um. So as all of you first approach by the shop area, you hear the crying very loudly, even from just there. It seems to be from just a few houses down. But nonetheless, you take the time to split up for the moment. So, uh, Nick, uh, Faustus, and Grove, you head on into this shop along with the few bitter hearts that care to, Stanimir in particular. He takes the time to tie up his horses carefully, um, then head inside. He doesn't seem too worried about their actual protection, especially with the many other bitter hearts there who are leaning off of them in various ways. The sparse light from the building you're approaching spills out from behind heavily drawn curtains. A sign over the door creaking on its hinges reads, Bildrath's Mercantile. It's quite faded and muddy. Stanimir goes inside. Uh, yeah. Uh, Nick will... Nick will follow. Grove will follow, too. But what are we looking for here? Faustus will follow as well. Faustus. Uh, as you're going inside, you feel a small tug at your pant leg. He'll turn to look. There's Victor down there. He's got a... He's got a handful of some sort of small hair, fur, something like that. I hate him. He's currently holding it up to the porcelain skull of his, like, indicating that he's interested in hair. (laughs) You're back, little one. What did you get that for? He mimes more furiously, (laughs) unless you're speaking to him telepathically at this point. Because you can. 
Yeah, he'll he'll pick up Victor and uh, listen to him telepathically. It's glorious. I shall look the wonder. You want new hair. It's so fine and different. I want multiple hair. Changeable. There were those people with wigs back home. They change their hair on a daily basis. Why can't I? I don't even have normal hair. Fine, I will make you wigs when I have the time. He stuffs the fur into one of your pockets. We'll put him back on the uh, pack and uh, head into the shop. Inside the establishment is a bit nicer than it is on the outside, but that is not saying much. Everything is still great, including, including the woods. It's about... It's quite large in here, especially compared to the other homes. Not nearly as broad as a manor house, but this has room for actual wear and storage. There seems to be a variety of things. Ropes, uh, small glass vials, grappling hooks, torches, various things you might want to use at some point in adventuring. Or just camping, or surviving, working. Stanimir goes up directly to the manager, and they start talking to themselves rather brusquely. The man doesn't seem to have any interest in mincing words. You just hand me the money, and I'll give you what you need. Stanimir starts talking over various things, just amounts of rope, candles, a few new pieces of iron. There's another figure in the shop, a very large man. The first one, Bildrath, as he's known, is scruffy, very angular face. He doesn't seem like a gentleman in any sense of the word, but this other man is enormous. He is... Compared to Grove, who is also in there, Grove looks like a normal individual size compared to him. He is at least seven feet tall, very wide, and very carefully stacking boxes and gathering everything that has been listed off. He has a simple bowl cut of hair and a very closely shaved chin. He seems quite young, young man. Early 20s or late late teens, as far as you can tell. Kind of turns to Faustus after... uh... He's done talking with his tall. Yeah, I'm not really expected. I'm not really sure what I expected to find in here. By the ma- by the way, I imagine that the doll moves in like creepy Beetlejuice stop motion. It never moves when anybody yeah. looks at it. It's it, it's like poltergeist. Like the closest <laughs> you can tell of it moving is just you hear a like tiny click noise made from clockwork, <laughs> and that's when it wa- wants to be heard. I don't trust it. It's a far cry from Nephalia or a real city. Well, look at that one over there. He is rather large. As you're watching him, he bumps into something and a spray of various iron bands pours off of a shelf. You see the man behind the counter look over. (laughs) What did I tell you, Periwimple? Make sure to clean things up. If you're going to make a mess of things, then why do I even keep you around here? Sorry. Yes, you are. Turns back to dealing with Stanley. Wow. I mean, if, I, if I was that big fellow, man, I'd just go over and uh, pretty sure he could knock him into the ground like a hobnail. Just one below. You'll find that large people are often very careful of what they do around small people. Might I take that as a warning? 
something about a bear in a forest and a tree. He'll, uh... Actually, Faustus will look to the big man. Do they always have men as large as you in these small towns? He pauses, and uh, lo- as he's lowering one of the crates down, then gently sets and pats it. Not from what I can tell. What about the rest of your family? He just... He pauses to think for a moment, very carefully, and then just turns and points over to the man behind the counter. That's him. I see. I suppose I should talk to him if I wish to buy. Yeah. Thank you. Welcome, Governor. Oh, what, what is your name? It's Popple. And your family name? Cantemir. A pleasure to meet you. He just nods. Looks actually kind of genuinely happy to have been introduced in such a get to introduce himself in such a way. But then goes back to working. He wouldn't if he knew why I was asking. <laughs> well, that solves that question. <laughs> yep. But anyway, uh, he'll talk to the uh, shopkeeper. Yeah, Samir seems to finish his business and is looking over the stacking of crates. Handed over quite a bit of coin, but... Hello there, sir. What can I do for you? Well, I won't waste much of your time. I am looking for at least 24 ounces of unrefined electrum. Have you any? He pauses, but not in a way that, like, he's watching money go by in his head, trying to calculate. I don't think I have any in hand, but I could easily get some. Could take a day, a day and a half. What would you charge? Excuse me while I look up what ingots cost. I need to actually know. Ingots. It's alright if you don't know offhand. What, what's, what kind of ingot? Electrum. Electrum. Not even ingots, because he's specifically looking for unrefined. That's fair. Uh, let's see. A pound of silver is five gold pieces. So I, I guess if you want to go like 50 times the... Except that it's, it'd be it would, less because it's unrefined, so there's a bunch of impurities in it, so it's not just electrum. Yeah. It's rock and so, shitty stuff. And some For basically 24 ounces of electrum-bearing ore? Yeah. That's what it sounds like. Basically. I mean, he's looking for, like, the raw ore. I don't know ounces to pounds. What is that? 16 ounces 16. in a pound. Yeah. Okay. So let's see. So a pound and and a half you, of How much did you say was for the silver pound? It's I still need it for It's that. 5 GP for a pound of silver. That's I would guess like 10, 15 gold. Yeah, it would probably be about there. So he's contemplating over it. Uh, one like, pound of gold is 50 GP. Lining up the funds in his head. I'd be about 75 gold. Then another five for the service of actually going and getting it, you see. Like, it's, we don't have that right here right now. It's going to take some time. I mean, the day, yes, but need some money for that purpose. Can't just go traveling and leave my shop like this? Yes, yes, f- fair enough. I'll see if I can come back. For now, let's see. Oh, a few square, perhaps a square yard of canvas. Several sticks of hard wax. Rivets. 
leather scraps. And he just he'll list off uh you know yeah, it's a mundane uh square yard of canvases in here. Oh is it? <laughs> and specifically one square yard of canvas is one silver piece. That's awesome. Basically he's just <laughs> he's getting the materials together to make potentially a lot of doll size wigs if necessary. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> because Faustus is a good doll father. Just get one of those like rumply blonde wigs. It's like, <laughs> yeah, he, he's keeping track of the things you're saying, and then at the end, he's like nodding. Right, that'll come about to about five gold, and which no need to roll. That is extortion. That is like five times what you should be paid. <laughs> Roughly, he rounded down from five times, but it's five <laughs> times what you should be paid. Five gold, fine. He'll start uh, reaching into his pack. He'll just contentedly lean back and wait for you to fish it out and, or like, wave over to Periwemple. Start directing him to the things you need. I don't know if Nick or somebody was going to jump in. If not, he'll pay the five gold. I mean, that's fair. Nick could probably hear that. Nick would probably know he's being extorted, too. Yeah. Oh, hold on a minute. <laughs> Time to make some enemies. <laughs> what, what, what was on that list? I assume he gets someone reads him back the list either <laughs> garbage. <so>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the man won't, but <laughs> yeah, Faust will read it. <laughs> a bit yeah. of goods. Yeah. <laughs> Nick Nick does some like you know hand calculations like yeah two of that two of that. He's he's buying like scraps. What five gold? Five whole funds for that. <laughs> Resources are tight around here. Okay. There, you can I easily was, uh, see they're maybe tight, but they're not as tight as he's suggesting. <laughs> it's like, I was mean... about to buy like a pound of butter and a, a couple of bottles of wine. Like, Ooh, should I? <laughs> should I be selling my house? Like, I'm not certain. Uh, that is ridiculous. Feel free to shop elsewhere. <laughs> He just starts laughing after that. Just <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we're adventurers. We should just murder and take his stuff. <laughs> By the way, wine is on the list of things you can buy. Butter is not. Although you can buy <laughs> you can buy meat, comma, chunk. Can you look up how much a goblet costs? That will describe the butter cost. <laughs> I mean, no, let's see. We, we'll need uh, like five gallons of milk to make a pound of butter. I don't know. Five gallons of whole milk. Um, Maybe more to make a pound. I don't know. Yeah, Nick is just kind of like, uh, well, a tank is worth two CP. I suppose I will. And he walks out without having bought anything. He does not look bothered in the slightest. He'll eat, he'll eat his pilfered bread dry. God. <laughs> These damn small town fat cats. Living large on their uh, scraps of uh, <laughs> living large on this pittance. Grove will just ask, uh, walk up to the guy and just kind of ask, um, "Is there a cut wife or a medicine woman here in your town?" There may have been at some point a while ago. Don't really know who's left, honestly. When they need me, they come to me. 
Fine. He'll just that, turn and leave then. <laughs> he doesn't have what he needs. He's done with this man. Cool. What'd you ask him if he had? A cut wife or a medicine woman. Okay. I was unfamiliar with the former term. It's, yeah. It was, yeah. Faustus will kind of stare at the shopkeeper. Are you trying to extort me? The X-Files theme plays in the background. Oh, God, we left creepy, creepy, like, evil wizard alone with someone. Stanimir and uh, the other man is there, uh, Periwimple. So how'd it go with that store manager? He had to go. <laughs> Let's just say there's someone new running the shop. <laughs> Be careful. That bobblehead contains the souls of two foul-mouthed rednecks. <laughs> oh man Bill Draft just good. shrugs if you want it badly enough you'll buy it I'm going to wordlessly stare him down <laughs> roll intimidate <laughs> watch out this nerd's glowering at us go ahead roll it yeah, but but it isn't the nerd with the pocket protector, it's the nerd with the trench coat. <laughs> yeah, no, he's the creepy 15. guy you sometimes worry about. What'd you get? Uh, 15, to intimidate this uh, petty shopkeeper. <laughs> oh, get out of here, you... Where'd this little doll guy come from? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you made him a little knife. <laughs> <laughs> so... As you're just staring him down with glowering darkness, he stands there for a little bit looking smug at first. For the first about 30 seconds of the stand. (laughs) For the long haul. And then he starts looking a bit more concerned as you continue. (laughs) Then just slowly backs up away from the front desk. Periwimple, show him out. If he doesn't want to buy our goods at the price they're listed, then he can go elsewhere. The other man moves, carefully standing up, his muscles moving underneath his tunic with slight ripple. He starts stepping forward towards you. Don't touch me. I'll be leaving. You aren't worth my attention. He'll turn and walk out. Come back if you ever need anything. He says, rather, out of impulse more than want. Next time, Victor, he'll say telepathically. Next time. He hands you one of the pieces of wax you asked for. Perfect. Oh my god, it's a little thief. I love it. <laughs> oh, I love Victor. I think he's adorable. I don't like him. Shut up, Paladin. Get used to the, this is your like, group now. I don't like his little hands. I don't like his little feet. I don't like his little top hat. <laughs> That's oh, what I love him. But his little Those tiny feet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the creepiest doll picture I could find. It looks like it. someone. It looks like someone took two Ziploc bags of cream cheese and stuffed them into a tiny pair of spats. <laughs> <laughs> you know. 
know what? If you're just trying to make his time in this world, same as you. He's got any little boots on, man. He's just gotta go for a walk. <laughs> like, let's put the, this picture needs to be the, the 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 first picture from the campaign, just so we can like get people to agree with me. <laughs> I, I no, it'll be like the third it would be up with the first episode. So. Uh, oh, that's I suppose it could be uploaded, but I don't think it should be the target image. I think yeah, it not doesn't... the target image. But well, no, if we're if we're doing the promo that we're talking about, I was gonna also do a promo for him. Oh God, <laughs> perfect. Oh God. <laughs> Wait, why does he have fear and intimidate? <laughs> he's, just a, he's just a zero one fear with indestructible. <laughs> intimidate. So Artifacts can't block this. Uh, that's a great idea. That <laughs> transforms. Fear, intimidate, skulk can't be blocked. <laughs> All land walking <laughs> and no so, power. It's about sending a message. <laughs> Take an artifact of convert mana cost one or less when he gets through unblocked. So it's Faustus comes out and he's like, oh, "I, uh, I see that went well." He knows not what he trifles with. I'm going back to the carts. Thank you. He's got a point about Monopoly, though. Uh, hmm. Yeah, it is a terrible board game. Takes forever to play. Only if you use the free parking rule. <laughs> it would be a pity if something happened to his shop. He really has an axis and allies on this town. <laughs> so, you other three. Yes. Yes. Oh, second, I so many different browser things. Okay. So, it doesn't take you that far past. It's literally just one building past. As you walk through the heavy, misladen streets, you hear a moaning sob floating through, just resonating with the air. The sounds flow from a dark two-story townhouse right next to the same building they went into for shopping. From the upper story... The building is in a similar amount of disarray, except even less care. Some windows are broken, and some have been clouded off completely with grime. I'll knock. <laughs> Ilaria's just going to crawl through one of the broken windows. Hold on, hold as on, hold on. <laughs> as you move towards it, you can see it is boarded up on the other side with old, rather rotted-looking planks. I knock. Ilaria's inside. If you're going to try and break into this house, I'm going to try and stop you. Well, no, he mentioned a bunch of the windows had been rotted open. Well, I mentioned that they broke, but they're covered over by rotted planks. I mean, you could break through them, but you'd have to roll to break through them. Oh, okay, well, I could do that. Okay, I will try and stop you. That is literally breaking and entering. Do do you care, like, that much? My character doesn't. I will remind you, child, child, that I'm an inquisitor of these lands. Yeah, and shouldn't you care that someone's wailing up there? Why do you... Why be polite when you could save someone's life? That's what what you were supposed to do. It's a cry of sorrow, not a scream of fear. Mm. Emotional death, not my problem. Eh, I want to see what's happening. Do you really think anyone's going to answer? First, we're going to try knocking. She just nods at him and then walks around back. She's breaking into the back, isn't she, Grimhauser? 
No, I'm going to do something more fun, because you have spells to use them, right? What's that? You have spells so that you can use them. That's like saying you have, like, guns to use them. Yeah, or... tell, tell that to the necromancer. <laughs> I think, honestly, he'd agree with me. Yeah, and isn't that a little worrying? Yeah, so Okay. It's like... Okay, <laughs> yeah, what dude. I'm going to do, though, is spider climb. I'm sure this will. This is guaranteed to reassure the crying person when a person scrambles up the side of their building like a crying no. in a house. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you see, twice. You, you see, she's gonna crawl up to the second level, so he can't stop her from breaking into a window anymore. <laughs> is she breaking no into, more, into that window just out of reach? <laughs> There's no right, so entering doing? chimneys. I'm I'm gonna I'm going to actually get back to knocking now that uh <laughs> Eh, she'll look for a back window before she wastes a spell spider climbing. Uh, it's a nice ta- well, it was a nice townhouse. At this point either rot or dirt has gotten on basically everything. The constant moistness of the fog around you has wetted the wood so to a point over these years that This town has been not- overcome by the dreadful moist. <laughs> She's gonna take her quarter staff and try to batch her way into one of the windows. So I'm just gonna hear from the other side. Thunk, thunk. So you are you are climbing up first, though, right? No, I'll, I'll go ahead and try to go in the first floor. All right. Uh, well, so first at the front, uh, Conrad, you walk up to the door. It's once you get up to it, you can see from the grime marring the edges of it that. It hasn't opened for a while. Not necessarily as long as the house has been rotting, but it hasn't opened for a while. The dirt has piled up around the seams. This is almost certainly just the guys. Almost they cry a lot. <sighs> Understandably. Right. So are you going to do something about that knocking, or should I go back there? You're the one sworn to uphold the law. Clear your roll strength check. All right, yeah. I'm just gonna start walking around the back. And while he's doing that, if no one answers the door, I'm just gonna see if it opens. And if it doesn't, I pry it open. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Just bite the locks Look at off. That. <laughs> so did you say you try and open the door? Uh, on if there's no response to the knocking, yeah. There wasn't, but when you try to turn the handle, while the handle turns successfully, the door doesn't open beyond the first initial push. It seems stuck against something. Yep. Jesus. So, with, that with 20, a shattering sound and a damp thunk. Hmm? I said, with that 20, can I get in before he can come back and get me? I mean, probably. But with a shattering thunk, the weight of your quarterstaff impacts through one of the remaining windows and into the rotted coverings over it. The boards fly off, some pieces getting caught on against the wall where they have been nailed into place, but all of it scattering away from where you first wished to enter. The porthole is now completely open to you. She will eagerly and easily crawl, crawl through the window. Conrad, upon getting there, it's not hard to see where a new window has been broken through. Illyria! Inside of the house, on the first floor, it's just dust, mold, and other grime living in the water 
this accumulated on the walls. There doesn't really seem to be that much in here. Remnants of furniture, but nothing living beyond that on a microscopic scale and the insects around you. The sobbing continues from upstairs, unabated. What's in front of the front door? Uh, there's a particularly large armchair set up there, mostly molded through, partially fused with the ground at this point. Oh, okay, I was going to try and push it out of the way, but if it's kind of fused to the ground, that seems a bit hard. I mean, it's just strength checkable, but... Eh, she'll go try and push the, the chair out of the way. Halfway there to last time. You give it a solid shove, and you see some marks come up in the floor, and dust scoot around from both where your feet pushes against the ground and the few scuffs you make with the chair. But as you begin making any sort of headway, it collapses in a little bit, and while the door has a bit more wiggle room, the collapsed chair is now spread out along the ground, fabric holding it together as a solid chunk in place. Gross. It's just deteriorated wood. Deteriorated wood and very molded fabric. Yeah. It's large kind of... and heavy. It's it, You could still get through it with taking time, but doing it in an instant is not really feasible. Yeah. No, she kind of pulls the door as much as she can to Grimhild, and she'll be like, I tried to push the chair. It's too much. It kind of imploded. Okay. There is a back opening, though. You can come through that. I'm just going to push the door open. Okay. Yeah, you get out of the way. I'm quite strong. You are very strong. Uh, yeah, I'll make my way back around to the front door. Why? I made an opening for you. Honey, a paladin only enters through the front door. It's un... It's un... <laughs> wow. I didn't mean it like that. Sure, I didn't John. mean it oh, like that. Shit. You didn't mean it like that. <laughs> I didn't. Look, not until marriage, all right? Avison said so. Leave room for Avison. I'm pretty sure Avison doesn't give a shit what you do in the sheets. Unless it's like satanic. Actually, exactly. like probably a little bit because because she was created to help foster a vampire-friendly environment. She probably does want human beings to procreate. Yeah. So, you give a good shove at the door, and while you don't completely push the chair out of the way, you hear the grind of muck and wood against the ground. As it scrapes away, more dust and spores fly about the inside of the house. But you make enough of a room that you can slowly wedge yourself through. Okay. Are any of the store guys, like, peeking around the corner yet? No. Oh, let me see. No, the amount of time they spend in there. Yeah, no, not yet. How do you kill a geist? Uh, don't you talk to holy it? Holy rituals, spells. Uh, hope it becomes physical enough to stab. Okay. I mean, that's the thing. They can't really do anything to you until they become physical. So you have to wait till they get physical so you can stab them. Okay, so it could be like the style of exorcism where you try to piss the spirit off enough where it gets. Yeah, basically, like that's actually a thing they mention on one of the cards. Is just that one of the old saints was mentioning how much he hated it when. Um, like one of the quotes from him back when he before he was a saint was talking about how he hated fighting guys just because it was essentially just playing the waiting game of how long will it eventually dodge a sword. 
Wait, are you telling me that Ghost Adventures is an actual, actual tactic that we can use? Exactly. Hey, you fucking ghost. What happened? You die? Ooh, I hung myself. Look at this belt tangling. <laughs> okay, well, I'm not saying that we're going to kill the ghost. I'm just saying just in case. Because I probably had to kill you. And she's not the only person inside. She'll start making her way up the stairs. I will follow a bit more cautiously because I weigh more and I'm wearing armor and might fall through said stairs. Yeah, I'm also, in basically the same place there. Because this place maybe has terrible things in it. Like sometimes they'll just yeah. use crying as a lure for idiots like us. Is anyone trying to be stealthy? I have disadvantage on that. I do too, but I'll try. Yeah, sure. Twelve. You know what? We'll do Alaria being stealthy. She's pretty okay at it. That's a twelvey stealth there. Seven. You did super good, man. Seventeen. All right. So yeah, you ascend. You're not really sure how well you're doing. There's. I'm pretty making, sure how well we're doing. You're making a certain amount of noise, and dust is being kicked up, but to an extent that would be happening no matter what, unless you were a master of the art. Even the seventeen's not good enough. Uh, you're no, not you the problem. Know. You don't have a. <laughs> oh, I see. You don't have any source you're looking at to tell if you're being stealthy. You gotcha. sound like rustling leaves. They sound like rustling pottery. Well, clink, 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 clink. If you'd have been worried about stealth, you wouldn't have bashed down the back window. And we're going to talk about that later. Why? Why spend the energy talking about the past? Because the past has ramifications, child. Eh, she just kind of shrugs, like, me breaking in a window to to potentially find a geist. Not that bad. You've been alone for most of your life, haven't you? Past decade, probably, yeah. You're going but to learn, I mean, you're going to learn fairly town. soon that you're endangering other people as well as yourself. I mean, I go into town. I stay sometimes. I trade. But the old involved's nicer. I can tell you for a fact that's not true. Nicer to me. As you have this you, con- it's because you act like this in town. Well, no, as, town loves me. Hey, you as guys you sure are con- stealthy. Yep, sure are stealthy. <laughs> as yep. you have the conversation, I've given up on that. <laughs> yep, going up the stairs. There's only one room up above, about 40 feet square. It's also boarded up around the windows, mainly to keep out as much light as possible, but some still trickles through. And you see a single woman in the middle of the floor. She's curled on the ground, dressed in some brown rags of some kind, at least a cloak, but poorly taken care of in every regard. She may have not moved from this spot for hours, days. It's hard to tell. Can I tell if she's a geist or human? Geists pretty recognizably show up as geists. It's hard to mistake. Okay, well, no, but I mean, I wasn't sure if she was, like, some really deceptive black geist or something. Like, oh, look, I'm... Even then, you wouldn't be able to tell, necessarily, just from that. Oh, okay. She's clutching on to something. She doesn't even seem to notice that anyone came into the room, despite your clanking and conversations. Just the... Lean down and tap her quarterstaff closer to the lady, but not get closer to her. Say, hello? 
She doesn't react fully. She makes a motion just to kind of pull her leg away from the quarterstaff, but doesn't say anything and just continues in her weeping. She, she proceeds to look at Conrad and just shrug. Well, go help if you're so if you're so intent on doing so. I just came to follow. You're the one who's all about helping people. So you just kicked the door in for no reason? I figured you'd follow. It was easier than the front door. If you're not going to help, get out. She just kind of looks at him like, why so? Why is this such a... Why are you dying on this hill? Like, what? I'm just going to shake my head and walk up to the woman. Are you alright? Do you need help? There's a moment of her continuing just in despondence. (laughs) But she gathers herself briefly. Like, not in so much as to be in the right state of mind, but enough that you can see she's trying to compose her thoughts. She at least recognizes you're there at this time. Be in peace. I'm here to help. Gertruda! Gertruda's gone! Gertrude? Gone where? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Point me in a direction. I'll do what I can. When's the last time you saw this Gertrude? She looks around tentatively, then wildly, like as if she's trying to calculate a measurement of time. As if she hasn't thought about it in a while. Days? So a week, maybe? I don't know where she is. Where did you last see Gertrude? She was in here. She always stayed home. She was such a good girl. She always did what she was told, and then she was gone. Who is, they who, have her. Who is Gertrude to you? Gertrude. And she uh, briefly uh, makes a moment to pet the doll in her hands. Uh, you can see that this tiny doll is a bit malformed at this point. It wears a sackcloth dress. It's clearly old. Of anything in this room, even to what this lady is wearing herself, it is in remarkable condition, remarkably well-kept condition, but it's still the worst for wear for being here. Um, it's frayed, it's old, and it has stitched onto the corner of its dress a small tag. But my daughter... All right, I'm going to need you to take a deep breath for me, okay? <laughs> Deeper than that. <laughs> That'll do. A paper bag. I don't, I don't think they have paper bags. Yeah, no, they don't. <laughs> you offer a sackcloth bag? <laughs> was, was that her doll? She just kind of nods. May I see it? I promise I'll give it right back. Uh, oh, persuasion check. Let's see. Um, With advantage, you've been good to her. That'll get me a 17. She, when you first voice this, she clutches onto it even deeper. You can see her hands putting small indentations on it, and she's scared of losing it. But as she looks into your eyes, tears streaming from hers, she clearly can't see you that well, even, maybe even if she wasn't crying. 
but she slowly lifts it up and uh, extends it to you. Alright, I'll take a look at it for, like, any sort of hint, like, especially that tag. Alright, well, the tag has text written on it. It's a bit faded, but it's black on the white. Well, yellowed. Um, and on it is a small slogan that just says, Is no fun, is no Blinsky. As for any sort of hint, you can't really tell anything beyond that. Blinsky. Would that be a place in this town? <laughs> so it's a doll maker. Do you say that out loud? Yes. Yeah, uh, but she there's kind of nods edge. and points to you. And it's the doll maker, yes, but is the doll maker in this town? She shakes her head wildly. She's growing a bit more distressed and making motions that she wishes for the doll back. I hand her the doll back. <laughs> she cradles it very carefully. Hmm. What do you think, Grimhild? I think her daughter's missing, and that she's a foolish coward who's going to weep instead of doing anything about it. For days. Do you have any compassion left in you at all? Not for those like her. But perhaps for her daughter. And so I'm going... I have to do for now. (laughs) Sorry. She said they have her. Who does she believe they are? Yes, who is they? Um... When you ask her that, it stirs her a bit. She had kind of resumed to being lost to her sadness once more. But um, you first see her glance to the mostly, at this point, dead tree in the house. And then away. The tree has been hacked to pieces in the process. Uh, It's not just old. Right. You can tell many of the boards on the walls are pieces of this tree. Vampires. They come around here. They look for people pretty, pretty like her. We're headed that way. If you think enough to eat and keep yourself from dying, maybe you'll see her again. I leave. Um, my last question. Do they stay around here or do they come from another town? Because if they stay around here, I will find them for you. And I will get your daughter back. Come, that horrible place. She gestures a general direction. That general direction is not hard to tell. The windows may be closed, but more estate looms over this entire town. Well, fancy that. I was already on my way. Before I go, will you say a prayer for with me for a safe return? For the first time, she manages some sort of light you can see inside of her. And she nods carefully. And he'll kneel with her and uh, do a standard prayer of of Avacyn's protection. She stutters. She has difficulty with it. She also has difficulty with necessarily the faith, but she is doing her best. Very well. Avacyn watches over us now. All will be right. She just kind of nods as she sinks back to the floor. And tears begin once again proper. I'll head out. Hilaria will follow behind him. The girl's already storing back towards the uh, the wagon. Yep. The others Same. are done by now. You can, you can meet up with them at this point.
They pissed off Carmel approaches. <laughs> what? Someone tried to overcharge you where you went to? No, a woman had her child stolen by vampires. And she just fucking stares at you. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Alright. Sorry I asked. She pets you. Not you, the dog. <laughs> oh, <I see. laughs> That fucking name, man. Sweetheart, I've only known you for a few hours, damn. And then she suplexes you. Not the dog. <laughs> Perfect bridge. <laughs> Grappling master feet acquired. Oh my god. Multiple uh, Stenzian suplexes? <laughs> I guess it would be Kessig suplex. <laughs> Yeah, we get the best suplex. <laughs> the Nephalian suplex is hitting a dude with a chair. <laughs> uh, are there any other words exchanged? Or... You can see a good amount of the bitter hearts not currently at the wagons, but a few of them are trickling back over from a building just across the way. Uh, I'll just give a quick look at that building. Uh, what is it? Uh, as you head up to it, there's um, a single large shaft of light uh, coming from inside the building through into the main square. It's well lit in there, especially compared to the other buildings you were in. Uh, above the large open doorway where the light is pouring from, a sign hangs precariously askew as if it might fall on someone who passes by, proclaiming this to be the Blood on the Vine Tavern. Great. That's why I wanted to hear. Might as well lay out an engraved invitation. If you uh, if you look closer at the sign, you begin to notice that it began to read "Blood of the Vine," but someone has scratched over the F and replaced it with an N, rather crudely. Yeah, see, I never liked street art like this. Compared to the other buildings, even compared to the shop, this is kept in pretty good. I hear condition. very poignant street artist in Nefalia who goes by Bonksy. <sighs> Volabongsi. <laughs> yeah, remind me later. I'll tell you the story about how some guy bought a wall for 500 gold pieces. Alright, well, I for one, I'm getting one for the road. Why don't you just offer a full supply of brandy? Yeah, but you know how expensive this stuff is? It's for special occasions. He wants a different drink. I'm going to be honest with you. We're probably not making it back from that estate. You really think so? I'm certain enough that uh, I drink the brandy. Nope. I'm only going to drink it on our way back. It's good to have something to fight for, I suppose. I've got bigger things to fight for at that place than some brandy, but it certainly won't hurt. We're coming back. Well, as it so happens, now I have something to come back for, too. What is that? I made a promise. I see. Look, I'm sure she's really nice, but, you know, you only just met her, and promises of that type are really meant to be broken. Nick, please. Go get your drink. Right on it. You think he'll talk less if he's drunk? I think we'll have a, we'll have a silent moment. He's less likely to bother us. And if he drinks enough... As you step inside the tavern, 
For the first time since you've really been in Sensei, you feel properly warm. Well, not the first time. When you were at the mayor's house, it was quite nice, but that Why? wasn't your entire venture, and it's it's here, warm, dry. The fog doesn't reach in here. The inside is still a bit shoddily kept, but you can tell it has the remains of what once must once have been a finely appointed tavern. As it is, there are only a few people in here, mostly the bitter hearts that came with you. There's about three of them in here currently, and one of them is currently engaged in a chat with three other bitter heart ladies who are currently sitting at a table playing some form of dice game. There is an, a man behind the counter, a pudgy little man, doesn't seem to be paying much attention to anyone, is cleaning glasses at the moment. And then there is one man in a corner, blonde, sharp chin, broad nose, seems an odd mix of confident and beaten down at the same time. But he's not dour, and when he sees you, he smiles brightly. But not the smile of someone who is certain they're going to win something. The smile of someone who wants something but is worried. It's clear on his face. He stands up. Begins to make himself uh, make his way over to you. Yeah, Nick is on his way to the bar once he sees the guy, you know, look over at him. Just kind of, you know, stops halfway. Hello, friend. Just make it to town. Uh, I, I did. I'm sorry. Uh. Oh, please. Uh, Ismar Kolyanovich sends a hand. Does that name familiar to me in any way? Not in the slightest. He probably just made it up. Oh, uh, Ismark, of course. You know, gives him a smile and a handshake. You've heard of me. He looks actually kind of excited about this prospect. Well, I mean, who hasn't? He pauses as his hand's outstretched and makes a face like completely skeptical of your words and then sulks a little bit. Had me going there for a moment. Hey, listen, it was for your benefit, not mine. Okay? Like, I'm not trying to... You know, just... I'm sorry. It was almost for my benefit, but I I understand. I see a lot of faces, you know... I, and yours is definitely not familiar, though. Like, I've got a memory for him. Oh, I don't believe we have met. So why do you look so excited to see me? Because you are the first person I have seen in here new in a long amount of time. And you're also the first person that isn't a bitter heart that carries a blade. Please, let me buy your wine. Oh god, I can just see the side quest marker showing up above his head. Yeah. All right. Want to turn down a drink? Uh, he slides a few coins over to the bartender. Uh, bartender looks at them carefully and then slowly slides them back over to him, pockets them, and sets about fetching a pitcher of wine. What brings you to town? Uh, we're kind of uh, in between uh, destinations here. Um... I actually haven't traveled uh, through this area very often, and by very often I mean it all. Uh, Where might you be heading? Palace, by any chance? Um, there was where uh, was there like a named either village or landmark near the where Madame Eva is, or uh, not as far as you know. 
Like other, this is the best village you know about. Yeah. Uh, well, going to see uh, one of the Bitter Hearts uh, about uh, well about an old matter. I've got to settle. Kind of gives uh, intrigued frowns. You trust them then? Well, no, <laughs> no. I mean, who does? But uh, correct you to have. I I can trust that they're going to lead me to something. I just think that our goals happen to be closer together than maybe they think. The bartender places the pitcher of wine on the table. Oh, bar. And uh, sets down a few glasses that you've just finished cleaning and then returns to cleaning some of the other glasses. Well, that's well and good. Um, However, if you are traveling... Would you happen to be available for hire? Oh, I'm always available for hire. Wonderful. See, I have a problem. Like many people around here do, obviously, but mine is a bit more direct. There's a woman in this town. My sister. Her name is Irina. He leans in a bit more conspiratorially at this point. He doesn't really seem to mind the bartender being there, but he makes furtive glances across to the Bitterhearts having a conversation, playing gambling games. I have a problem about a man, a vampire, named Strephon Moore. You see, he has an infatuation, one with my sister, and it's been problematic, to say the least. We've been doing our best to stay here, survive, but he is persistent in his courting, if you could even call it that. And according isn't usually the word I'd use for it. Uh, either he's being particularly gentle or you're being, uh, how do I say this? Uh, well, how is, how is Irina? Fiery. The thi- My problem is, is that he has done hell to our town. And not just in general. He always was a tyrant, a fiend. But recently... He's become fascinated with my sister. Above all else, I've seen him come by at times where I would not expect to see him. Blatantly in the day, though, he does rule the lands. And yet, he doesn't simply kill her. He doesn't take her. Yet. Anyway. That's what worries me more than anything. I need... I need her to be safe. I need her somewhere where he cannot get to her. I need someone to help take her to another village. Palace would be a perfect place to go. It's much safer than here, better cared for, actually things you can buy, actual drink rather than this, and takes a sip of his wine. It's poor quality. You, The cheapest wine you could buy in Volabonk is at least twice the quality of this. So you're not looking for... Uh, well, I'm sure it would be a, a nice uh, bonus, but you're not looking for... Uh, you're not putting a contract on him. You want us to get her out of here. I don't know if he can die, he says with a kind of pained smile, leaning back for the first time. What do you mean you don't know if he can die? Tell me, how many vampires have you dealt with in your lifetime? Heard about seeing... You seem like you've gotten around a bit. Let's see, he was a a midnight duelist for like a decade? So... Quite a few. Yes, uh, he'll give him a rough amount. Uh, like, like you don't need living wood to kill him. You can just you can kill them. It just kind of takes a while, it right? It's really hard, but yes. 
Yeah, no, yeah, if I've dealt with you know this number, I've killed. He looks kind of he looks kind of taken aback in an embarrassed way, but then shakes his head briefly. He is not simply a vampire. If you've seen enough of them, you know what a vampire is capable of. I know what a vampire is capable of. I've seen them. I've seen them killed. Yes, he's not just a vampire, and he's is hushing down again now that he's speaking about vampires. So this entire valley bends to his will, not just in what he wants as to control the villages. No, he doesn't have perfect control of them at the very least, but the forests listen to him. Creatures watch for him. He has spies that are literally the beasts of the woods. Rats you'll see in the streets. Oh, half of the bitter hearts at the very least serve him, which is why I'm keeping hushed. Um, that's not to say of the can sheer... I get a, can I get a read on this guy? Like, Oh yeah, well, uh, what do you want to know? Uh... I'm basically trying to sort out, like, uh, how, not necessarily if he's lying, but whether this, this is sort of a, you know, tinfoil hat kind of business, like he's yeah, no, he's sure, being go super for it. paranoid. Alright. Ah, not great. Four. <laughs> you can't really tell other way? I mean, he at least, as far as you can tell, he's probably seeming to be true, but, you know, you can't tell. Yeah, well, you know, these vampires might be different, you know. Like the Nephalian ones. Okay. So what exactly do you want me to do? I want you to escort her to Palace. Maybe there she'll find safety and refuge. And if she doesn't, then it's not your responsibility anymore, but that is the best place for her. Here, nothing will go well. I've been waiting for a chance to do it myself, but as as far as my ability with swordcraft goes, it's acceptable. It's not enough to even attempt to get through if he sends forces this way. It's only a matter of time. And if you won't do it yourself, then it sounds like you're pretty sure that uh, if we take her away, uh, he might not be very happy about that and may retaliate. I'll accept that if it comes to it. She comes first. Okay. Let's talk terms. Uh, outside isn't... Uh, it's been a while. Time uh, Nick's been in there for five, ten minutes. Do you think he fell in? They're just enjoying the silence. Maybe he's dead. That would be terrible. It would. He makes an excellent diversion. He saved me five gold. Good reason I need to go save him. Once. Is that all it takes? Five gold for one? The first. <laughs> it goes up logarithmically. <laughs> so, we all go in, like... Some type of marauding band, or... We already needed trouble. <laughs> <laughs> We're in trouble, that's what I meant. I mean, honestly, I'm an inquisitor. I tend to just go where I like. When are we supposed to be leaving? How long does it take a caravan to resupply? What's the old dude's name? Stanimir. Stanimir, when we leaving? Shortly. I've had most of my men back for a while. The remainder are in there with him, and I figured when he's done, I can fetch them. Uh, let's fish. Let's let's uh, fish Nick out of his wine, shall we? Let's Nick fish out of his wine. Grove will shrug and follow. He had to be loud. He doesn't like that. He's jittery. <laughs> Talking hard. He's gonna walk in. <laughs> so we need to steal. We need to steal fish out of his drink. He is from Nefalia. Wouldn't he be a fish? I don't care. I'm scared. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah Nick's, Nick's got the Nephalian look. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> you, step into, you step into the tavern, and you see much the same sight of what at once, at one point must have been grand, but at this point is, well, still better than the rest of the town around it, but remnants of old, old money. Argenti, you in here? It's not hard to see. It's rather small, though several of the bitter hearts at the corner table still having an enjoyable time with their game. Uh, Nick stands out at the bar along with his uh, blonde square-jawed friend currently in furtive discussion. So, I mean, I'm saying half now, and, uh, well, do you have anyone in Palace to accept her? Uh, you could maybe uh, write a letter that I could have with me. Uh, he's, he's just haggling, you know, just kind of... Hmm. Well, I can definitely give you something now. As for, like, long-term, I'm not... don't have anything particularly set up over there yet. I could easily leave it with her. She is trustworthy enough with it. Presuming okay. you don't rob her. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Uh, all right, and he'll, he'll settle on whatever appropriate number. Uh, it's weird haggling for things I, you know, <laughs> out of scale. Know. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Uh, is it is it time to leave? I figured they were still over there, like uh, they're they're on some knuckle bones. Uh, have I been in too long? Hey, uh, he introduces, or did the guy give him his name? Yeah. It's Mark Yeah, yeah, um, Gives a bright, winning smile and offers a hand. Hello. Conrad Stargatz. Wonderful to meet you. You look like a man of the church, am I right? Correct. Fancy that. We don't get many of those around here anymore. Yes, well, we do what we can. Only the old father up in the church. Uh, this man has an interesting business proposition for us. Wonderful. Give me the short version. We're heading out not too long. Uh, well... He, like, it, makes motions to be kind of quiet and makes some glances towards the bitter hearts. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, apparently, um... Well, there might be, uh, some issues with some of the, uh, people we're traveling with. Um, that remains to be seen, but I'll take him for his word at it. Anyway. Uh, what kind of trouble? Uh, allegiance to the vampire Stefan Mora? Hmm. I'll meditate on it in the caravan. Get back to you. And, and I mean, the, the reason why that is uh, of particular importance is that uh, he would like us to uh, smuggle out of town uh, a woman who the vampire appears to be uh, somewhat captivated with, but yet doesn't just run out, you know, run away with in the night. Um, it might be difficult to do so with the folks you are currently traveling with, but if you come back through, I'm certain it'd be feasible. It wouldn't take much more than a day. Well, to get to get from wherever you're going, I believe they're not camped out that far. Oh, so you'd like us to come back and get her then? It'd be much safer that way. I don't believe you could sneak her into a caravan such as the one you're carrying. Well, it's less that and more if any of them tried to, you know, abscond with her, I'd murder them in their caravan, uh, and they deserve it, but... You know. That's professionally direct. Yes, why smuggle her out secretly? Why not just take her as bait and we kill the vampire when he comes? He just 
blinks and looks at you like you're incredibly stupid. Apparently, he he tries to do like a sort of calming motion to the guy. Listen, apparently, uh, he's got something of an edge on other vampires in some way. Um, Something about, uh, well, you know how uh, she can talk to animals? He points to where Valeria is at. Yeah, apparently it's maybe something similar uh, where animals kind of look out for him and his interests, and they maybe tell him. That's the very least he can do. The weather can obey his command. He can vanish through the night on mists. He can cast great works of magic alone. I don't know all what he's capable of. I've only seen bits when folks have made him angry. You've contacted the right person. Right people, Conrad. Well, both can be true. Now, if you excuse me, I have something I have to do as everyone comes back to the caravan. All right, well, if that's the case, um, if you prefer she not leave with us now, um, we'll be back. I'll certainly await your return. Yeah. Here. And uh, he'll walk outside with you and point over to the the largest house in the town that isn't the church. It's faded much like everything else. Um, Beyond that, you can't tell too much from here. Just come there when you arrive. Either that, I'll either be there or here. Yeah, sure. I suppose nothing else. Thanks for the drink. My pleasure. Would any of you like one before you depart? I'm alright. Thank you, though. No, thank you. Very well. So the caravan we came in, is it like circled up outside of town? No, they're other parked in the middle of the street. There's not really any foot traffic to get in the way of. Sure. Um, they have them overall on a line a bit separated from each other, but not intensely so. All right. So basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to the halfway point of the caravan uh, trail, the caravan trail. Mm-hmm. And as everyone's coming back to the caravans, I'm going to use my divine sense. And that just senses if there are something within a radius, right? It senses that within 60 feet of me, uh, anyone I can detect, whether they are celestial, fiend, undead, or other, and if there's anything that's been consecrated or desecrated in that range. Does it tell... So wait, when you say anyone you detect, you have to already know where they are, or...? Yeah, that's why I'm waiting for everyone to be, like, coming back to the caravans. Oh, sure. Go for it. Yeah, I use it. There's no, like... Like, I get um, four of them per long rest. As for the uh, returning of all the bitter hearts as they're slowly funneled back in, you're not getting anything from them. In fact, okay. you're not really getting much of anything except one. You get a small reading of some undead creature from right around Faustus. Walk over to Faustus. <laughs> yes, Conrad. Like, how close around him? <laughs> I mean, it's pretty tightly contained, and the doll sits on the same place every time. So, you know, you, know, you can kind of yeah. tell from what it's emanating. Faustus, your, your doll. Tell me about it. A clockwork doll I made. And that is all. Simply clockwork. Mostly. That is what I was worried to hear. What of it? 
I need to know that it's going to be safe to let this be, Faustus. You know where I'm headed and what I plan, at least who I plan to do it to. And when that's over, it's done? When I've finished my goal, it's done. And that's a promise. Promise. Very well. As you are, I apologize. Thank you, Conrad. I'll head back to my position on the caravan. Yeah, Faustus will go back to the caravan. The driver up next to you, Conrad, was watching the exchange. He couldn't he clearly couldn't tell anything from this distance. He was speaking furtively. Bit of a creepy folk, isn't he? <laughs> but no answer, he shrugs. Yeah, if everyone piles back in, they get ready to head out. Yeah. Nope. Is Illyria still looking or not Illyria? Is Grimhild still looking pissy? You're well, she never looks specific pissy. Does she look more... I just remember you saying she looks super angry back in the house. Is that yeah. dropped off? Uh, a, a little bit, maybe. Eh. Grave will take note of that and just continue to feel awkward because word's hard. Valeria's probably petting the puppy and seeing how he's doing. Well enough. That's good. I really do bound the You know, after his chest hair got pulled out by a doll. That was a tiny amount. He got over it. Like, it was more startled at the time. If you want to spend three SP, you could buy him a meat comma chunk. Aw, oh, meat chunk. My favorite purchase. I mean, she probably... No, you got to remember, it would actually be 15 SP. Oh, uh, right. Here. Bullshit. <laughs> I mean, she probably has some dried meat on her anyway, but... All right. So, you know, one thing I hadn't considered, if uh, if she's the uh, you know object of desire for a vampire, she must be quite a looker. You're the worst. <laughs> 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 you fucking I, love Nick. I love your skis. It's the best. Give me just a sec. I have to mark area to be revealed. You have to mark the the giant spike trap that's about to happen to Nick for even saying that shit. <laughs> just thinking it. Someone has read your thoughts and it's just gonna kill you. No, it's, it's just it's just more himself just telepathically. He's like, yeah, no, dude, she's wicked hot. <laughs> Here, here's a picture. Alright, you resume traveling. Um, the old somber road turns back into mud. The wheels continuing to churn through it slopping everywhere. You can still see many trees. As you start getting to the end of the clearing, you can see through the fog a very clear, clear as the, clear as the sky anywhere else river. The road starts winding back through the forest. It continues relatively peacefully. We totally get more excited the closer they get to the forest. And ex- Sorry about the delay, needing to reveal more things. Uh, more map time. I know, right? You the, eventually the carts re- reach a crossroads. The bitter hearts don't stop. The carriages keep going. But as you go by, you can clearly see right side of the crossroads an old wooden gallows it's creaking in a chill wind. There's a frayed length of rope dangling from its beam. The well-worn road just splits off in both directions. There's a signpost nailed up pointing off in three directions. There's Barovia Village pointing back where you came from. Sarepool to the northwest 
and over to the southwest says more estate, and beneath that a smaller sign tacked in with claws. You turn to Serpool. Oh, did just pass Willow's pass uh, Willow Hill? <laughs> this is not that one, unfortunately. Dang it! I love that. That card. one's actually in much nicer condition. It's an awesome card, flavor-wise, oh, though. Really well, it still sees use, you know. <laughs> exactly. I mean, at this point, I guess the Tree of Redemption is still seeing use. Isn't the Tree of Corruption now or whatever? Uh, Tree of Perdition. Yeah. Uses so, are terrible. But... You travel up the northwest. The road slants down and begins to disappear into the trees. And soon after, so do you. Keeps traveling through. Zerpool. Zerper. I like Zerper. road gradually disappears and is replaced by a twisted, muddy path through the trees. Deep ruts in the earth are evidence of the comings and goings of many other caravans and wagons going through. The candy via mist and branches suddenly gives way to black clouds boiling far above. There's a clearing here. Next to a river that widens, forms a small lake, several hundred feet across. There are a few colorful round tents set up, each about ten feet in diameter. They're pitched around a ring of four barrel-topped wagons, just akin to the ones you've come in on. There's a much larger tent standing right on the shore of the lake, sagging form, lit from within, despite the light is from the still leaking through the clouds. Near the tent, there are eight unbridled horses drinking on the river. There is a mournful strain of an accordion that clashes poorly with the singing of several other figures dressed in similar blacks and bright colors. A footpath continues beyond the encampment, meandering north between the river and the forest edge. The, all the bitter hearts you are with begin calling out, making hooping and hollering. The people down at the lake start calling back, some in sing-song, others just in pure joy. Everyone begins coming to greet each other. A few people from the camp start eyeing you a bit oddly, but don't really make any motions about it. The caravans are brought closer in. Stanimir leans over to the rest of you and says, Well, here should be the end of your journey. Shouldn't have been too long or too rough, I hope. Uh, you know, aside from that little weird spot back there, not too bad. I take it we're home. Uh, your, uh, Ava is here. Yes. You can go see Madame Eva whenever you wish. I'm certain she'll want to see with you immediately. She'll probably knows you've already arrived. Because of the hollering, or...? Because of her gifts. Right. He makes a very bright smile and the dismissive motion of, uh, eh, what can I say? But actually says nothing. And begins to help unload the caravan. Well, we rode all this way to see what she had to say. Yes, it would be a waste not to follow through, I suppose. Let's go. Yep. Everyone clear gives you a free path. It's not hard to maneuver your way through. Just a few tents set up. You find your way over to the large tent. You smell something from inside. Incense. Floral. Pines. The tent is broad open, but... You hear a voice call from within, just, Welcome, Manta, please. I don't bite. It's wonderful to hear. It's soft, but it carries far. Not an entirely metaphorical statement, given the region. As you step in... As you step into the interior of the tent, the flames inside cast a reddish glow, unnaturally red. Not blood red, but scarlet red. 
the red like the red that coats on the angels. Reveals a low table covered in black velvet cloth. There are glints of light that seem to flash from the very large crystal, perfectly smooth and circular on the center of the table. There's a small hunched figure, wizened, old, possibly may have been attractive at one point, but at this point too far to tell. She peers into the depths, not looking up. At last you have arrived. <laughs> hmm. Welcome, welcome. Enter. Oh yeah, Grove knows crazy people like this. He'll step in, take his yeah. hood off, bow, show his uh, little silver ring. <laughs> yeah. She carefully hefts up um, a large series of silver bangles, mixed in with electrum and gold ones, but she makes prominent the silver ones on top. They clatter over each other. She lifts them heftily. And Valeria e- eagerly follows, also bowing and showing a large serving spoon. <laughs> Welcome, Grove Hacker. I've done interesting things. Interesting, in fact. Yeah. Must have been hard killing your father like that. Oh, I guess he has. Hmm. But you survive, and that's all good. Continue doing that. You're a strong man. Hmm. Deliria, welcome, my dear, welcome. I am so glad that all the persecution has not kept you away from here. Worries about... Worries about witches don't just affect you. She just kind of blinks. Her lips purse for maybe half a moment before she smiles and nods and moves to the side. She smiles brightly, like you just made her day. But at the same time, she pretty much doesn't stop smiling. You can be the two smiliest people in a straw. That's cool. Come in, come in. Don't be shy. I see you there, Nicolo Argenti. Okay, you know what? Before she says anything, having goes a long way away from where we are right now, okay? Just keep that in mind. <laughs> you can pretend to be so flippant, but I hope you'll get your vengeance. It is the only thing that uh, would have me following a bunch of, well, you folks, back to your home. They said you had the inside line on the Moore estate. <laughs> Of course, of course. But come in, Conrad, Faustus, no need to linger. Of course. Thank you. I come in when he does and kind of move to the side. What? I don't, I don't want to be called on. Josh is hiding from the teacher. <laughs> I go in at the same time as Conrad and kind of step to the side. Out of line of fire? Fire would actually be a little refreshing in this place. Conrad, I'm glad to see you. You have me at a disadvantage. (laughs) Oh, I'm certain you've heard my name, Madam Ava. Mm. But don't be worried, don't be worried. I know you well enough. But that is, you don't get worried about much. Still, you've done well. Though I'm certain your mother still misses you. Mm. But you've made a name for yourself from that incident. It's not why I did it, but thank you. I know it's not, but it's something something she can hold on to at least. And Faustus, ah, I was... You were a curiosity, weren't you? 
I should hope so. But what caused you to look into? <laughs> the spirits tell much. Geist can see beyond the boundaries. And I know how much hurt you felt. And how much you've learned. Put it to good use. I doubt that you understand, but thank you for your blessing, I suppose. And I see her hair peeking there. Where is that Grimheld? We're here to kill your vampire. <laughs> get to the point. I'll get to the point, I, I suppose. Wait, you're not going to tell us something embarrassing about her? Oh. <laughs> she has nothing to be embarrassed about. Loss of a sibling is always difficult. Especially one so close. Tell me about it. Still welcome. I suppose I should be candid with you. As everything has been with me. I'm here to see an end to the curse of Streffen Moor. Nothing more, nothing less. Straightforward. Unfortunately, the task will not be as much as I wish it was. We would merely be tearing down the most corrupt and evil institution in the whole of this godforsaken world. <laughs> there are some beyond yeah. it, but that is not to underestimate how much of a blight it is on everything. No, let us not. But why you come to talk to me is not simply so I can give you my blessing. You will not be able to defeat him. Not yet. He is strong. And maybe you think you are too, but at the moment all of you are unfortunately weak. That's why I wish to change that. Arm you with knowledge. Potentially more. Where the knowledge can lead you. Would you allow me? She carefully lifts up a pile of what seem to be something akin to playing cards. They're black, have some sort of covering on the back, many lines, connecting what looks to be small pieces of silver that have been set into the backs. Well, I mean, I only brought a little bit of money, but if you're dealing... <laughs> Always with the humor. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> I wish to tell your fates. It's one simple one. It's not individual worries. It's where you may find something things to help you. May I? I don't see the harm. Wonderful. She begins to shuffle the deck quite adeptly, quickly, dexterously. Cards fly this way and that very as fast as some of the charlatans you've seen back in Nefalia. She sets them down. Five cards spread out in a thin cross. On the center, one to each side. Points to the first one. Over to the left of the center, right to the, all of you. This card tells of history. Knowledge of the ancient will help you better understand your enemy. She turns it over. In the center is a very furious man bellowing, surrounded by swords, some embedded into him, some on the ground, one in his hand. Six. Ah, yes, yes, must. The berserker, yes, you must find the mad dog's crypt. The treasure lies within, beneath blackened bones. She points to the one at the top, closest to you. This, this card tells of a powerful force for good and protection, a holy symbol of great hope. She flips it over. A man in the center, shrouded by a cloak, a hood. There are stars. They are set upon his cloak, but they also are set upon the sky above him. 
the line drawn between them is very thin, razor thin, to the point that the difference between Sky and his cloak are almost nothing. The illusion is, yes, 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 yes. A man is not what he seems. He comes here in a carnival wagon. Therein lies what you seek. Points the one to your left. This is a card of power and strength. It tells of a weapon of vengeance. A sword of moonlight. A silver embodied. Flips over. There is a man. Or is it a woman? It's hard to tell. They're kneeling. They're laughing. They're crying. And their hand is a dagger. Surrounding them are many seals. Marks. Marks in blood. Traitor. Look. Look for a wealthy woman. A staunch ally of the devil. She keeps the treasure under lock and key. And the bones of an ancient enemy. Yes. Yes. These. These. She looks back up to you. Her eyes... Somewhat glassy. There seems to be a white clouding behind them that wasn't there when she first greeted you. These are not the only things. These are artifacts. You will have a companion, an ally, someone to help you fight back. This card will shed on light on one who will help you greatly in battle against the darkness. Flips it over. There's a man dressed finely, looks sullen, bitter, leaning against the surface. He does not look happy to be there, but at the same time, he seems dressed in finery. Yes, Don John. This, yes, in the search, search for a troubled young man. He's surrounded by wealth and madness. His home is his prison, and you must free him. And finally, her hand rests on the card in the middle. It trembles. Your enemy is a creature of darkness, and his powers are beyond mortality, beyond that of even the vampires. This card will lead you to him. Gingerly flips it over. There is a man on a horse, carefully posed brilliant black armor, a sword at his side. He seems noble, but he seems tired. The horseman. He lurks in the one place to which he must return. A place of death. A place of his unrest. She taps it carefully twice. These things will help you. You may not see it yet. You may not know it yet, but they will. You must gather them before you confront him. You could attempt to fight him, but you will surely die. Her eyes uncloud. She carefully starts picking up the cards. So has anyone been writing that down? I've got a pretty good memory. Right. I wish for you in every way to succeed. Do not trust all of those that trust me, all of those that work with me. Not all of them will agree with what I have to say. Stanimir is loyal. He is good. He is a friend of me and not of the devil, not of the fiend. But not everyone agrees. Do not speak openly of this among them. Of course not. That's refreshing to hear. I thought that guy back in the tavern might have been going a little nuts. No, no. He just understands. He understands what we're all living with, what we have to worry about. She smiles a smile that is less mirth at this point and more, trying to mask all the pain. She may be crazy, too. Possibly very much is. The red fires start settling back down into normal yellow-orange. You may rest, have some food if you'd like, but this is all I have to offer you for now. Thank you. You do us a great service. I just hope it'll allow you to do such a great service for me by ending this. She smiles again. This is a bit more bright this time. Actual warmth behind it. Right. We have a lot to think about. I'm certain you do. She says carefully as she reaches down and starts petting you who has not been told to stay outside. This is full name. He's a well-behaved pup. I mean, that's probably his full name, actually. That's a pretty good title. <laughs> you have not been told to stay outside. That sounds like a Kamigawa card right there. 
So, uh, did you have notes for that stuff that you can paste somewhere? Yeah, I'll send them in a moment. Okay, thank you. Because uh, I wasn't sure. Call, is, is there an actually an eidetic memory feat? I think there is, but like you could just roll for it. They're not in fifth edition, no. Is there okay. not? I thought there was. No, like fifth edition is has huge sweeping feats. Well, yeah. well, it's one of those that I think is not that they considered not good enough. So they also give you like an extra intelligence for getting it. Yeah, like I have the keen mind feat. Like the keen mind feat means that you always know the direction of north, always know the number of hours till sunset and sunrise, and can accurately recall anything seen or heard in go. the last month. Oh, okay. There you go. It's combined with a lot of things to make yeah, it they, also, they folded direction sense and eidetic memory and time sense together. That's, I mean, you know, that's <laughs> almost good. Like um, yeah, anyway, I'm scooping up. Scooping it. Scoop. You got to scoop. Did you somehow get muted again? I think, I think he, did he triple, mute, triple muted himself. <laughs> what, who muted? You. You. No, no, he's getting the stuff together to paste. I'm into literally the... getting the stuff together. Oh. Oh. I think there was <laughs> you literally a... just asked me to. I was Sorry, there's a, there's a there was a brief cut. There's a brief cut in your audio that's just like, okay, I'm just yeah. scooping. Yeah, it sounded um, like the very end of it got cut off. And it yeah, I don't know how that happened, but you know, yeah. Probably foul magics. Yep, you got vampire it. Vampire magics. Don't scoop against the vampires. We gotta try again. We gotta keep trying until we mill ourselves out. Scoop against the devil. Uh, as you move to leave uh, her tent, Faustus. Yeah. If you could please ask your friend to return my ring. Yeah, he'll uh, communicate telepathically. Unless did he already come back? Yeah, he's already back on. Oh, okay. No one was watching him. Hand it over. There's just a tiny click, and a gold ring falls out of his hand, emblazoned with a large piece of onyx. Thank you. My apologies. No need to be worried. You've done great art. Thank you. I anticipate communing as well. Do you have any advice? I missed the what he was anticipating. What's that? I missed what you said he was anticipating. I said I anticipate communing with Geis as well. Be polite. All of them have something to say. It's difficult work sometimes. No doubt. It's plenty difficult already. <laughs> I have one last thing for you also. Oh? Some things will be hard truths. Just be prepared. I'm prepared. I'll hope so. And she waves you out of the tent. And as you step out from behind it and the tent automatically closes itself. I will call an end to that session. Goo. Cool. Oh. Right, well. Yeah. No combat yet, which made my maps not automatic. Yeah. <laughs> like, there weren't that many people to fight. Yeah, was oh, there? Yeah, no. you have I to punched the old lady. Some of it you have to set out to do, and then also random encounters will start happening once you travel without the Vistani. Well, bitter hearts. Um, and then, uh, additionally, there will be a lot of fights coming up. Just yes, we could have fought some bitter hearts. We could have uh, gotten a fight with the shopkeep. Yeah, it's basically like if you are choosing to travel with the bitter hearts, fights don't necessarily come out of the woodwork on their own. As soon as you stop, they will. Nice. So uh, next session will almost certainly have combat. 
No, this is Wait. a good. This was a good intro session, though. We, we got yeah. a lot of good character stuff started. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I still need to talk to Faustus at some point because apparently some shit went down that I may have uh... had a hand in. No, not had a hand in. Been a concerned too. about, I imagine. Yeah. Yes. Uh, any anyway, any questions, comments, concerns? No. We're all very broody characters, which is really uh, it's, tough. It's, it's, it's like crack <laughs> jokes constantly. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be a that little bit more. That could be your version of brooding, but you know. I mean, Illyria wasn't even potentially brooding until that last yeah, comment. Yeah, that, that's how Nick works. He covers up the broodiness with flippancy. Yeah. Yeah, I was really excited for doing Curse of Strahd. Well, one, I love Innistrad, so, you know, that was going to be a plus. But I was really excited to do Curse of Strahd because of the fact that they pretty much had a half-and-half split of combat and just set pieces and communication. And I really like that. Yeah. I don't come into role-playing just for punching mans. I mean, I don't mind punching mans, but that's not why I'd specifically do it. Yeah, no, no. I've got this, and you know, it's it's a stereotype rather than the truth. But you know, the impression that every D and D module is like, okay, here's the room that the kobolds are in, and the room yeah, no, where the I, treasure's I, at, and where the traps. But like, are. that's what I would have assumed too. And I mean, there's some of that. There's a couple actual dungeons in this, but they have a really good amount of just like, here's the town, here's the people in it. Shadow Grange yeah. fucking sucks. Enjoy. I think you're doing a really good job uh, characterizing the minor characters, especially. Yeah. Using you to flesh out the world. Oh, thank you. Some of them they had pre-written for me. Some of them I had to do some more work. Yes, yeah, but you're doing a good job. Thank you. I was <laughs> really concerned about doing this, but I'm feeling a lot better now. Yeah, it's really fun. People like the games you run, Max. What? No, shut up. That's not a thing. <laughs> How could that be a thing? I'm terrible at everything. Next Even you don't sound like you believe that. I'm still waiting for more science three years problem. later. Okay, Max, do oh, you understand man. me? Phil will come back one day, and it will continue to creep the fuck out. Max. <laughs> All right. Um, but so I'll cut this off here, and in post-internet, look out to being excited about potentially no, me releasing... <laughs> Look, okay, I'm trying to make it grim and gritty. How am I supposed to do that with you having that many hands? Are you ready to print out some sick magic cards? <laughs> sick overpowered magic cards? Yeah! Hey, I took off the lifelink, so it's not just a... <laughs> Listen, okay, Nick Argenti was not created with the limited environment in mind, and I thought that was obvious. <laughs> right. Really? Conrad's just a reprint for modern play? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, T- turns out Illyria's card is really just a functional reprint of Bayou. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. don't you know she she was printed specifically for Commander, but they're trying to get her into Canadian Highlander. The problem is, is when they made when they released her in the Commander product, they didn't realize that would go to Vintage. <laughs> they made exactly. me Commander and forgot to make me Legendary. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> I'm a, depending on what the other side is, Faustus may be vintage playable. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. But with all that in mind, I'll probably put some interesting bumper stuff on either side of this, so internet, look forward to that when you're listening to this later. But for now, good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.
good night.